Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sleep Deprived episode 27 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and this morning, Friday, December 28th, I am joined by my forever co-host, and very tired brother-in-law, Ryan. What's going on over there, man? I think I'm getting sick, so if I sound really bad, it's probably because of that. That's okay. Yeah. No My different. dad told me I sounded like shit when I called him like 30 minutes ago. No different than you usually sound on the podcast. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan and I, uh, like I said in the previous Christmas special, which we all hope you guys enjoyed, I've... Uh, Got a kill count of about seven with that hidden blade of yours. Do you? Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just nice. Those neighbors that come to your door asking for pictures and money. Yeah, those ones. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make them reincarnate. Yeah, exactly. Maybe Do you want to pre- let people know what happened? Yeah, so Christmas Day, we went to my dad's house, had a nice little breakfast meal. Laura and I came back to the apartment, super chill. She passed out, took like a four-hour nap, and ended up going to bed at like seven. And, uh, well, she didn't go to bed at 7. She was just kind of watching The Office in in our room. And I was out here playing, um, actually, no, I was playing a game on the Nintendo 64, which I'll get into here shortly. And I heard a knock at the door, and I'm thinking, well, it's 8 o'clock on Christmas Day, and I should say it's Christmas night. And I definitely didn't order a pizza, so what could this be? And I look through the little peephole, and I see two um, Indian gentlemen, and I open up the door, and... These guys don't really say much. They just hand me these two little booklets and ask if I could have if they could have um, fifteen cents for the books. And I said, uh, "Yeah, I suppose." And they almost like motioned as if they were about to come into the apartment. And I just shut the door in their faces. And I was like, "Don't even think about stepping foot in here." I gave them fifteen cents, and they said he held up his his uh, mobile device. And said, can I take a picture of you with these books? And Ryan, why don't you read the, the cover of those books? What are the titles of those two little booklets? <laughs> uh, Bhakti Yoga, uh-huh. The Art of Eternal Love. Oh, perfect. And then Beyond Birth and Death. Yes. So we got some interesting chapters. You Are Not These Bodies. Yep. Ev- evaluation of Death. Read that one seven times. Liberation from the Material Planets. Ah, uh, yes. The Sky Beyond the Universe. Mm-hmm. And then let's see what else is this one. <coughs> the Nectar of Devotion. Beautiful. That sounds hot. Uh, Boundless Love. That sounds pretty normal. Kind of sweating over here, man. It's getting me a little... Uh... Six Features of Pure Bhakti. Love it. I wonder if it's like a hot yoga. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was, but for I, people... I think it's Hinduism. It's... Um... Listen, I don't care if you're selling me those books. Society of Krishnu. Sure. Krishna. I don't care if you're those people, you're the freaking Girl Scouts, or, you know, you're Jehovah's Witnesses. It's Christmas night, 8 o'clock. The last thing I want to do is open my door for anyone other than a pizza man. It wouldn't, like, it wouldn't be Christmas for them, though. Well, that's fine, but you don't need to be pushing that agenda on me. reincarnated Santa. At 8 o'clock at night, (laughs) uh, especially on Christmas, so... Um, I definitely did not allow them to take a picture of myself with these little booklets, and I went right back to the great old world of Donkey Kong 64, which we'll get into shortly. Uh, but Ryan, hot off the presses, last night Travis told me to watch a movie, executive producer of the show. He tells me something, I do it. 
He told me to watch a movie, a Netflix oh. original called Bird Box. Mm-hmm. It is a very interesting horror movie that I would. Uh, is it scary? It's not so much scary. It kind of invokes the same feelings that I had of on the edge of my seat, holding my breath with The Quiet Place. Yeah, okay. more of a thriller. That's stressful. It's stressful. It's it's not Haunting of Hill House where I was quite literally closing my eyes and forcing Lauren to watch it to tell me what was going on. This was much more just like clenching my fists, like what the heck is going to happen? Okay. And I love those types of movies. Yeah. And the the concepts to very to paint the very broad picture here. Uh, there's don't, this, don't, no spoilers because I'm going to. This is watch like it. literally you read the synopsis or not the synopsis, but like the two second plot on Netflix. This is what what it's going to say. So basically. Sandra Bullock is this person living in Sacramento, uh, California, <laughs> and with her – not with her sister, but she has a sister there. And they have this this newscast that says there are these mass suicides going on in Russia and other countries in Europe. Mm-hmm. And they think, well, that's kind of odd. She goes to have an ultrasound because she's pregnant, Sandra yeah. Bullock, that is. And then these mass suicides start taking place in Sacramento. Interesting. And that's kind of all you need to know. And it's not until much later in the movie that you actually figure out what's going on, and it's like most movies, just a wild adventure, one worth taking. So comes highly recommended, two thumbs up. I'm going to be talking about my top ten movies later in the show. It might squeak in. Nice. But another thing, Ryan, what do we usually do? How do we start the show every single week? Questions and games we've been playing recently. The latter, yes, the games that we've been playing recently, except for today, Ryan. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Okay. Because. Also hot off the presses, Sony seems to be a little scared. Really? Of what? Earlier the this EA or the AAA market crashing? Probably something that the big execs are thinking about. Yeah. But if you look at all the stock prices of the major like AAA studios, they're basically cut in half. Well, we're not going to talk about the in stock 2018. market. In 2018. Because this isn't um, Fast Money or whatever the heck that show is on CNN Money. The ball guy that just, like, screams at stock prices at you and stocks you need to invest in. Okay. Yeah, well, we're not that show. We are going to talk about this. So we're going to talk about video games. Sony... 50% drop! <laughs> EA! No, so <laughs> earlier this month, Sony took... You know, you would you would have to think competing with Nintendo with their little classic systems. You know, Nintendo mm-hmm. came out with the NES Classic, the Super Nintendo Classic. Yes. Nintendo, where's my N64 Classic? But Sony, to kind of compete with them, came out with... The PlayStation 1 Classic. Yeah. 20, you would expect to have great, like basically the greatest hits for the system, right? No. They came out with, I have the complete list of games here, okay? It debuted for 100 bucks. Pre-orders were up about two months before it released. And it wasn't until like about two weeks before the system came out that they even told you all 20 games that were on the system. Yeah. Garbage. But in the, the first five games that they said were on the system are Final Fantasy VII. Great cool. choice. Jumping Flash, one of the really odd first-person platformers that was a debut title for the system. Okay. Ridge Racer Type 4, sure. Tekken 3, great. Wild Arms, a little weird Western RPG. Um, actually, it's like an actual turn-based Japanese RPG, but set in, like, Western settings. If you know okay. what I mean? The uh, Wild West. Wild West. So five decent games, right? Well, here's sure. the full list. Battle Arena Tushinden. Fun little uh, uh, fighting game for the system. Cool Borders 2, all right. Destruction Derby, fine. Final Fantasy 7. Grand Theft Auto, interesting choice that they didn't put the second one on there. The first one's a little archaic by today's standards. Intelligent I think Cube. All of PS4 Jumping is Flash, archaic. calm down over there. Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> Mr. Driller, Odd World Abe's Odyssey. 
Rayman, Resident Evil Director's Cut, <coughs> Revelations Persona, Ridge Racer Type 4, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, Siphon Filter, Tekken 3, Tom Clancy, Siren 6, Twisted Metal 1, odd choice, and Wild Arms. Not what I would consider and what most people consider the greatest hits for the system. You know, you don't... I've heard of Final Fantasy 7 on that list. And Rayman, I think I've heard. That's a, like, weird-looking duck thing. Rayman? Yeah. Yeah, he's like a, he doesn't have arms. Well, he does, but he doesn't have, like, limbs connecting his to his hands and legs. Yeah. I think I've heard of two of those games. Rayman's actually a fun, really challenging uh, platformer on the system. But no Final Fantasy Nine, no Xenogears, no Klonoa. There's just a lot of odd omissions here. Yeah. Okay. And I think Sony's clearly knowing that because the sales numbers are terribly, apparently horrible because it was debuted at 100 bucks, mm-hmm. dropped to, I think, $60 now. Wow. Yeah. How long has it been out? Not even a month. It came out like December 3rd. Wow. So clearly they're not selling, they're moving these consoles. And I went into Best Buy uh, the other day and Walmart last night, and these things were just all over the shelves. So, and the NES Classic and Super Nintendo Classic were very tough to get when they first came out. Yeah. And a little public service announcement. Well, do those have good games on them? Outstanding. Yeah. So let me pull up the Super Nintendo Classic. Plus, I modded mine, so I kind of have like a lot of games on it. Um, do you think you could just mod PS4 stuff on there? Not PS4 stuff. but you or could, not, Sorry, not PS4. Just pl- other PlayStation 1 games? You probably could. Um, that's a system that I would like to have the physical copies for. I'm not a very big Super Nintendo guy just because I wasn't a part of that generation. Yeah. Uh, but here's the list for the Super Nintendo Classic. And I want to kind of warn all the listeners that if you ever had a you know an interest in getting these consoles, go out and get them now because Nintendo has stopped production on them, which I doubt they'll ever you know have another print run for these systems. Um, so get them while they're on the shelves because I could bet you a lot of money that five to ten years from now these things are going to be going for two, three hundred bucks a piece. Yeah. So here you go. Contra 3, The Alien Wars, Donkey Kong Country, Final Fantasy VI, also known as Final Fantasy III, F-Zero, Kirby Superstar, The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, Mega Man X, Secret of Mana, Star Fox, Star Fox 2, never officially released by Nintendo, oh. Super Ghouls and Ghosts, Super Mario Kart, Super Mario RPG, Super Mario World, Super Mario World 2 <laughs> Yoshi's Island, and Super Metroid. Very super. Um, and then the North American PAL exclusive titles that are on the system, <coughs> Earthbound. Kirby's Dream Course, one of your favorites. Yes. Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Hyper Fighting. Do you have this console? I do. We should do Dream Course. Super Castlevania 4 and Super Punch-Out. We should. Yeah, but you look a really good time. Plus, I have two controllers, so nice. I don't know if that's multiplayer, but if it is. It is. Okay, awesome. But yeah, so I just kind of wanted to quickly talk about that. That's kind of scary that Sony's already doing a price cut on that. Mm-hmm. And also, I just want the N64 Classic. I don't really care about the PS1 Classic. Yeah. I'd be game for that one. Because honestly, I've pretty much made my PlayStation Vita uh, PS1 Classic system because the the titles on there are so cheap to download uh, that I just loaded it with PS1 games. Nice. Particularly the, the RPGs like Chrono Cross and uh, Final Fantasy VII and Nine and all that good stuff. I wonder who they're talking to when they're figuring out what games they want to put on that system. Well, there was like a public outcry first when they only announced the five titles. Yeah. Because Nintendo, when they announced the system... The NES and Super Nintendo, they were just like, here's all the games. Come get it while it's hot. Yeah. There was no reason for them to like only release five of the titles, especially when people were pre-ordering it, and many 
I would imagine probably canceled the pre-orders because there's just not a lot to be desired there. Yeah. Game-wise. Kind of an odd choice, but something I wanted to quickly address. If uh, you do it for hype, you have to slowly release them to, like, further the hype. And that I get that, but then why don't you say a game like Klonoa that is stupid expensive now? Like, Castlevania... Castlevania... Um, Symphony of the Night isn't even on there. I mean, let's just pull this up real quick. Tomb Raider. Nope. Tony Hawk? Like, are you kidding me? Like, Pro Skater. Uh, Gran Turismo? Best PS1 games. Let's look this up right now. Metal Gear Solid's on there. Okay, Castlevania Symphony of the Night's not on there. Resident Evil 2 is not on there. Crash Team Racing. The Crash Bandicoot and Spyro, game, Spyro games? Like, I understand that. We well, just released a Spyro. Really. Well, I understand that they... Uh, and a Crash uh, one, right? Well, yeah, they and they released those trilogies <coughs> in HD, but if this is a is a little mini system to showcase the PS One in its heyday, yeah, it makes sense to put those old games in their original graphics. Yeah, Silent Hills not on there. Parappa the Rapper would have been a fun choice. Chrono Cross would have been a great choice. Ape Escape, Gran Turismo Two, Vagrant Story, Final Fantasy Tactics, Parasite Eve, Sweet Coden Two, just a lot of auto missions here. Uh, Legend of Dragoon. Siphon filter's not on there. Just weird to me. Yeah. I don't get it. I know none of these titles. <laughs> well, you know. Ape Escape sounds fun. If you weren't, Oh, that's a great game. Ape Escape 2 is fantastic. You should download that on your PS4. What, what is it? It's a PS2 game, but it. Yeah. Uh, you basically just catch little monkeys with like a different little gadgets. Oh, nice. And they all have really unique and stupid names. Jeff. Yeah. They have like very American man <laughs> names. It's, they're awesome. I don't know why Jeff is my go-to name. Jeff Foxworthy. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Not Goldblum. Not a co named Jeff. When I think of names. But he's a good weird. guy. Ryan, how do we start the show every week? Games we've been playing recently. The games that we've been playing recently. Ryan, what have you been playing this week? Uh, Just Dark Souls, because it's been in like a couple days. Um, I made a pyromancer guy who just, because I've... I don't know. We went to the candlelight service on Christmas. I was into some fire. Yeah. So I made a pyromancer. I named him NH4NO3, which is ammonium nitrate, which is just like explosions. You're and, a weird person. Yeah, I know. I couldn't think of anything like super clever for fires. So I went with uh, a chemical formula. Dude. Nice. So, yeah. so I he should... just chucks fireballs and he has a fire sword. This is three, right? Playing three? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then now that you're going to get all three of those, actually, I'm going to play Kingdom Hearts today. Please, dude. And beat that. Um, and then I was going to beat Dark Souls 1 with you before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. Yeah, so I should also say that uh, the Dark Souls trilogy, you can get it on PS4 and Xbox One, comes with Dark Souls 1, Two, Scholars of the First Sin, and three, Fire of Fades, or whatever the heck it's called, the sure. subtitle is. Uh, all three games, and all DLC, run to your nearest Best Buy and get it now, because it's already out of stock on Amazon, <coughs> and I just see this being a repeat of the Metroid Prime trilogy on the Wii, that basically after the first print run, you couldn't find it, and then it was selling for like 150 bucks on eBay. Yeah, So, and that's a lot, of, I mean, if you think the original... Originally, they're all $60, plus all the DLC. You're looking at 80 bucks a pop. Yeah. And this is 80 bucks for all three of that. Yeah. So you're basically getting... Paying $240 value. Yeah. For whatever it is. Really worth it. So How much is it? 70 80 80 Yeah. That's really good. It is. And I have a $100 gift card, so it's going to cost me nothing. Yeah. Nice. 
but definitely uh, excited to do that because, like I've said in previous episodes, I played quite a bit of Dark Souls 1 in college on the Xbox 360, got to the Gaping Dragon, and called it quits. Yeah. But after going through Bloodborne, I can do anything. Yeah. So. Really? Actually, you can completely skip the Gaping Dragon if you don't want to have to fight him again. No, Just I need start out revenge. with the, uh, there's like a basement key or whatever. It allows you to go into um, like that underground town. Oh, uh, the, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I can't... Tw- not Twilight Town, that's something in Kingdom Hearts. Um, famous Dark Souls Towns. No, we're the not... one that's laggy as hell on the original. Yeah. What is it called? Um, Just type in laggy Dark Souls Town. <laughs> yeah, laggy. It's the one with, uh, like, Shellob, like, sexy Shellob. Hold on, we're going to... Uh... Quaylag, that's what it is. Is that what it is? No, that's the name of sexy Shellob. Oh. It's like that fire lava spider with like a naked girl on top. Dark Souls Township? No, Dark Souls Town. Township? Um, Blight Town. Blight Town. That's the name. Yeah. I knew what it was. I just. Well, you can go there from the beginning. Tip of the tongue, teeth in the lips. That sounds. What is that from? (laughs) School of Rock. Tip of the tongue, teeth of the lips. Tip the lips or whatever I need he says. To that. That's that like one of the greatest, most quotable movies ever. My yeah. favorite line is, "Tip it on the side, chillo, you got a bass." Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the girl plays the cello. Yeah. Oh man, what a great movie! Yeah, it's really good. Probably Jack Black's best, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Ever seen Tenacious D? Pick a destiny. No, I've watched him. It's the pain. Of destiny, child, you know that we'll be. I was watching him like eat insane. really hot wings and like talk about stuff because there was like a show on YouTube where like famous people eat like really increasingly hotter, spicy like wing flavors, mm-hmm. and it was him like just eating these painfully like painful flavors. Dude, he's a guy about... I want to eat chicken wings and share a beer with. Yeah, he would just be a fun guy to talk to. <laughs> yeah, it was entertaining. Um. Yeah, what have you been playing recently? So I recently, we, we played Skyrim, right? <laughs> and I got my, you know, fix from that. Yeah. And yesterday we were waiting to go somewhere to the horse farm. Yeah, Some friends of ours. Farm. And my kind of comfort food when I don't feel like doing anything and vegging out. Is horse. <laughs> only That's on like... Saturdays. Okay. Yesterday was Thursday. <laughs> So when you're cooking meat, you're like, I'm taming stallion. <laughs> <laughs> I like my stallion rare. That's right. Rare. Rare. Yeah, that's it right there. Rare and perfectly dark. <laughs> yeah. No, so my comfort games, comfort food, if you will, are Madden and Skyrim. So mm-hmm. I'm working my way with both of those. M- working my way with Haldir through the um, main campaign. Mm-hmm. I was just at the top of the mountain and I slayed Alduin for the first time. But yeah. then he's like bro, are you kidding me? I'm a dragon. And then he like flew off. And yeah. I'll eventually kill him. And then um, played Madden, soul. started a new a new season with the Steelers, wrecked the Browns the first game, as I usually do. Nice. And then... Have co- you gotten good enough to raise the difficulty? So another game I played um, <laughs> was, uh, you know, the other night... I take that as yes. <laughs> I, you know, I talked about I downloaded um, Injustice Gods of Among Gods Among Us, yeah. and I beat that campaign. Really, really interesting, little unique story. Um, I'll tell you what: if the Justice Justice League two, which is never going to happen, but no. if they if they just made that story like a movie, would have well, been, been great. If Aquaman is as good as people make it out to be, 
then they just really need to recast everything, get new directors, and like slowly build up that universe. You know who would make a great uh, Batman? Who? Josh Josh Brolin, Thanos. Yeah. And uh, the guy that played um, the electric dude in uh, The Wire. What, what the heck was his name in Deadpool 2? Deadpool 2. He's like the cyborg wired oh, guy trans- um, went back in time or whatever the heck. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Doesn't matter. But I feel like he would make a great, like, grisly old Bruce Wayne Batman. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, he'd probably only... He'd make a good pretty much anything. Yeah, he's just a fun... Hero or villain. Yeah, he's great. Uh, yeah, they definitely need to recast the characters. And I didn't even see Justice League, but I felt like The Flash was a little B-I-T-C-H, it seemed like. No, I mean, I see The Flash as more like comedic character. Batman was... They tried to make him comedic. Whoever played him, Ben sucked. Affleck. Affleck sucks. Well, plus, I mean, he just has a lot of personal problems. Like he's just, he just got a rehab for the like the second or third time. He and Jennifer Gardner had just, they filed for divorce like two or three years ago. They finalized it like earlier this year, after he got out of rehab. Uh, he's just struggling, and that's clearly reflective of his career. Yeah, because he sucks. He's been in some great movies though. Yeah, Goodwill Hunting. The town. Didn't he write help write Goodwill Hunting? Yeah, he and Matt Damon penned yeah. it in college. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a good starting point. It's yeah. been downhill since. Yeah, it only goes downhill from there. The accountant was fun. Did you ever see that movie? The accountant. Is that the one where he like was a ninja or something? Like he killed people? Close. He's basically like a savant and he helps like cook books for people. I did want to see that one. It's actually, I mean, it's, the plot is so ridiculously stupid, it makes no sense, but it's actually a lot of fun. It's one of those, like, mindless hack and slash yeah. kind of movies. Yeah, it's good. It's good fun. It's kind of like a John Wick movie. Yeah. Like, he just takes out these people, makes no, there's no plausible like means to Like Equalizer 2, Equalizer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just good. Whoa. Equalizer 2. We watched that the other day. Yeah. You good. need to see the first one. Dude, Denzel's the, the man. Yeah, he's been the man since he was a football coach. Yes, remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Um, but like I was saying, so earlier in the week, playing my comfort food games, wanted to get into something new. I downloaded Injustice and Mad Max at the same time. Finished inju- finished Injustice. <laughs> I should say that I didn't get like any sleep last night. I was up till 4.30 in the morning watching. Well, we got back from the horse farm. I didn't feel well. So I was drinking some coffee. And at that point, it was like 11.30 at night. And so I, pl- I played... The game I'm about to talk about until three. Yeah. Prepped show notes for the podcast until about three forty-five, and then watched half of Bird Box until about four thirty. See, my night was very different. I went home. I had lost my um, wallet. wallet. Did you find that? Yeah, I did. So I tore apart my apartment. Didn't find it. Irritatingly went to bed at like eleven fifteen. And you woke up and the tooth fairy had it under your bed pillow. No, I found it in my dryer. <laughs> was it washed to heck? No, it, I just dried it. I didn't even wash it. Did you I throw your was, pants in like the dryer? I think it was because I did all my gym clothes. Oh. So it was in one of my gym shorts because I tore apart like my couch, my kitchen, like all of my closets because I cleaned my apartment yesterday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I was, so I had no idea where it was. And then this morning I was like, it's not anywhere. I tore apart my car. I'm like, the only other place it would have to be with all my clothes in the dryer. Wow. Yeah, so now it's all fringy. I can find it. You got these, like, little furs and things coming off of it. Lint and stuff? Yeah, this is one of those, like, RFID canceling wallets. Oh, well, at least you have your IDs, like, intact. And did you lose any dollars in the process? It's just a lot warmer now. 
What? Did you lose any dollars in the process? Uh, maybe. I didn't really check. They're more crispy. Like, look at how crispy those are. Crispy bills, man. There's no other way to go. Yeah. So, like I've been, I've started this story about 17 times. Um, I've been looking for something to play. I started Mad Max. I put about two hours into it, and I just wasn't in the mood for that type of a game. Okay. I love Mad or? No, it's just like, uh, it's basically like a third person Borderlands. Uh, and I, I, the character moves very uh, like early Assassin's Creed, almost like he has like 15 pound weights on his feet and okay. just kind of flails his arms around. He doesn't run very fast. Um, it's very much a vehicular focused game. Like you have this this buggy of yours that you soup up with all these different upgrades. So there are some RPG mechanics in that sense that you can add blades on the side and different weapons and rifles and whatever which is cool um make a blade liger what's that sorry i i the second i said that i'm like you never watch zoids no lauren would get that one well she has like 20 of little zoids figurines over there well they made like a shield liger and then he went through like a cocoon metamorphosis after like he got hit by a charged particle cannon and then like little uh raptor zeke guy like teleported with a woman into it and then they became a cocoon and then they <laughs> gained blades i bet you're very p- plausible <laughs> parents just loved watching that show with you guys no me. actually they didn't my dad i used to get up like in elementary school at six o'clock in the morning and to watch this show and dad's like as an adult looking back you're like dude why the hell do you not like sleep in in elementary school right no, yeah you, oh yeah you go to school at what eight o'clock but at the same time, when I was young, like, I was just up and ready to go watch my cartoons. I think we actually, like, the more, the older you get, the more sleep you need. And, Clearly. like, it, as kids, you don't need as much. You just wake up and you're like a bundle of energy just ready to yeah, go. Yeah, so, like, in high school, you should be, instead of going to school at, like, 7.20, you should be going to school later. Yeah, so it's kind of BS that the, the, the older we got, the earlier we had to go into school. Yeah, where you actually need sense. more sleep. Yeah. We should change the system, Ryan. Yeah, but the problem is after school, then you have like sports, you have band, you have sports, homework. sports, sports. <laughs> that was an E three a couple years ago. Yeah, when Microsoft showed the Xbox. No, it's sleep. Yeah, and no, I agree. Uh, maybe we can just convince our bosses that like ten o'clock. <laughs> I don't want to be part of your system. What's that from? So I threw it on the ground. Is that a song? It's, is that Lonely Island? I think it's Lonely Island. Okay. Yeah. Like the people who did um, that Pirates of the Caribbean with the dude. Dude, you need to like drink more coffee or something. <laughs> you know that movie with pirates with the dude that acts and stuff? Lonely Island. You have to have heard of the Lonely Island. Okay. Like this. We're just going to move on. Okay. I'm going to look up the Lonely Island. Just make sure you're talking to your mic too because you're like all over the place today. Yeah. Um. So the game that I was playing wasn't into Mad Max. Didn't want to play anything on the PS4. I put in like three different discs Played games for like five to ten minutes and just wasn't in the mood for anything. Ryan, what do I go to when I have gaming fatigue? Usually Skyrim. The or Nintendo 64. Perfect. Right on. <laughs> well, you just said your go-to is Skyrim. Yeah, so no, when like nothing sounds good. Even Skyrim, Madden, nothing. And the N64 is always what I come back to. And I guess that's true. Popped in a few different games, played Perfect Dark for a little bit, played some Diddy Kong Racing... And then there's a game that I never finished growing up. And come to find out, I didn't make it very far at all. Uh, Donkey Kong 64. One of my favorite 
3D platformers. Can I see the book? Yeah, so right now I have the official Gorilla Guide from Nintendo Power. It's the official player's guide that you probably did some like mail-in order from Donkey Kong 64. One of the most ambitious platformers of the day, there are collectibles out the freaking wazoo. You collect 200 gold bananas. That's basically the like Super Mario 64 um, star equivalent. Oh. Then you have 100 bananas per Kong on each world or in each world. So in this game, I don't know, something about King K. Roll takes over the universe and, of course, the Kongs have to come together to defeat him. So you have, of course, Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, Creepy Castle. Lanky Kong, Tiny Kong, and Chunky Kong. And <laughs> they're all just so unique in their play styles. And oh, wow. you go to these six different mini kind of hub worlds. And in them, you each character has five gold bananas that they have to collect, a hundred small bananas... And then you have blueprints that you have to collect for um, some weasel guy. And what's so in wildly interesting about this game is, of course, earlier in the 90s, you had the Super Nintendo 2D platformers Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. And then Rare was like, let's take things a step further and essentially make Donkey Kong Country in 3D. And yeah. that's basically what this game is. There's so much stuff shoehorned in this game to basically pay homage to people that played the Donkey Kong Country games. Actually, I remember my cousins playing this on their N64, like Lindsay and Steven. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We used to, I used to watch them play this game. So, yeah. the first little mini world is, um, oh, what is it called? Yeah, Jungle Japes. So, <laughs> the, the, the song that plays there is very, like, just Donkey Kong Country, like, iconic little yeah, tune. the Japes. But then when I got to the angry Aztec level, it has this very Egyptian, like, weird tune playing. Mm -hmm. Immediately transported me back to my dad's basement at, like, seven, eight years old, playing this game just nonstop with my sister. Nice. And I'm, I have about 50 gold... Gosh, my oh. voice is going to crack a lot today. 50 gold bananas is what I have right now. I'm about 15 to 20% through the game. And I'm further now than I ever made it as a kid. Really? Yeah. And I've only played it for like 10 hours. And I probably put in like 30 hours as a kid. But honestly... you doing better than you as a young kid. This guide is like the holy grail because one, back then I didn't have the interwebs to just like go to GameFAQs and look at where I go in Angry Aztec to get the fifth golden banana for Diddy Kong because it's... Yeah. Who knows where it is? Oh, you have to get your little rock peanut rockets and fly to the top of this little thing and then go through a little golden ring and get your golden... It's ridiculous. Imagine figuring that stuff out as a kid. Oh, my gosh. Dude, I remember, was it Cheat CC? Do you yeah, I, think, I remember that. Yeah, Cheat Code Central? Yeah. Yeah, I remember having to go there to learn things. Yeah, so I'm having a lot of fun revisiting it. It's just there's so many throwbacks because there's so many different upgrades for each character. So each character, you go to one of the one of the Kongs. It's basically like an armory, mm -hmm. and he hooks up each of you with a gun. Nice. So Donkey Kong shoots coconuts, Chunky Kong shoots pineapples, Diddy Kong shoots peanuts, peanuts. Uh, Tiny Kong shoots feathers, and that sounds like a lanky, unoptimal bullet. Lanky Kong shoots grapes because okay. reasons. How do feathers hurt you if you shoot them? They're like tips. The tips of them are like needles. 
Oh, it's okay. like arrows. That's kind of what I was thinking, like darts. And then you also go to another person. Uh, who is it? Is it Candy Kong that gives you the instruments? I think it's Candy Kong, who I thought was super hot back in the day, by the way. Bonable. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Yeah. And uh, she hooks up each of the Kongs with different instruments that you use in different areas of the levels to unlock doors and switches and whatever. I'm having the time of my life revisiting this game. Yeah. And I'm already at Frantic fra- Frantic Factory. It means nothing to me. Is that... That's the, that's the third level. Okay. Third world. And um, the best music in the game is DK Isle. DK Isle? Like, look up that... You know, we're going to play like 15 seconds of it because we can do that, right? And I, don't, I think it's 10. Oh, wait. No, it's not going to come through because the, the music's going to come through my earphones. Yeah. And so forget about it. DK Isle. Yeah, I can pull it up on my phone. Right? I have Michael Bolton. Why? Queued up because I'm going to show you this after. Um, I'll pull it up on my phone. DK Island. No, it's literally DK Isle. So hold on. Okay. This is like one of the best themes ever. Oh, see, there it is. Just put up your microphone there. Oh. It's so soothing. Grant Kirkhope, you're a legend. That does sound soothing. No, it's a lot of the music is, and Grant Kirkhope, of course, composed the soundtrack to this wonderful game. And uh, yeah, probably one of the most notorious 3D platformers for just having so many collectibles. It's ridiculous. It does sound like a lot of fun. But no, it's great. 200 gold bananas, I will collect them all. And uh, become a... Banana master. Well, you have to take pictures of like banana fairies. You have to collect battle crowns. As you do. There's a multiplayer component to this it was game. Like an Adam Lambert concert. No. So have you ever played? Uh, you ever played Stop. Goldeneye on the N64? <laughs> no. Like the multiplayer aspect for it. I yeah, once or twice. Okay. Well, there's a multiplayer aspect to Donkey Kong 64. We're gonna play it. Okay. Impressions next week. I'm game for that. Yeah. So after this podcast, I'm going to rush to Best Buy, get Dark Souls trilogy, and for the remainder of the afternoon, probably play. Donkey Kong 64 and Dark Souls. Do it. Two wildly different games, but... Yeah, <laughs> very complimentary. Yes, I think yeah. so. I think so. You know what? I don't even think I talked about what we were going to be talking about this episode, <laughs> Ryan. Cool. What are we going to do? We'll wing it. No, we're recording right now. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> top 10 movies and top 10 video games of 2018. A couple of caveats here. The movies are only movies that came out in 2018. The games, Ryan and I took some creative freedoms here, and or liberties, I should say. Yeah, And really basically just any games that we completed in 2018, whether or not they came out in that in this year, um, are, are fair game. Yeah, I think all but one of mine are not um, 2018. I don't know if I have any games that came out in 2018 that are cool, on my list. Cool, way to contribute. <laughs> no, I do. I have uh, yeah, don't, don't three, spoil. maybe four. Yeah, well, um, your plans for 2019 are to complete 2018. What's that? Like, 2018 games. That's true. That is true. Because yeah. uh, you have to borrow, like, half of my portfolio of games. Oh, here. This is perfect. Um, cool. Bird box is going in right there. Because I had an open spot. Who knew? So, I don't think I'm going to spend a lot of time on the movies here. I don't even have ten movies. Why don't you just rattle off your list then? Okay, so I have Black Panther, I really liked, Infinity War, Incredibles 2, which is a great uh, sequel, 
Uh, Quiet Place was really good, terrifying and stressful. Annihilation was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Natalie um, Portman. Yeah. <laughs> it was an interesting concept. You should probably watch that one. Um, I saw Venom. I bought that one too. Whoa! You never. It's like you didn't go through with that purchase. Oh, I did. Yeah, I saw that one. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I forgot to text you and tell you how it was. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, it's one of those mindless kind of. Yeah. Um, it's way better than Spider Man Three, the original. Okay. I mean, pretty much anything could be better than Spider-Man 3, Venom, take. I think that get, movie gets more hate than it really deserves. Have you watched the, like, recap of those movies? Well, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of really goofy parts, especially when Tobey Maguire starts, like, walking down the street and, like... Being emo. Yeah, and super, like, just goofy, honestly. You watch this one. This is how Venom should be handled. Yeah, well, I agree. Like, they threw way too many villains into the, the story, and it was a convoluted like, mess. Yeah. Um, this this is more a better take on how Venom should be. Like, but, well, first of all, Topher Grace, are you kidding me? The geeky kid from that 70s show? You can't cast him as Venom. You need someone super jacked that like Tom Hardy. his traps are bigger than he knows what to do with. Tom yeah. Hardy. There's no one better for the role. Did you see that boxing movie with Tom Hardy? Warrior, I think it yeah. was. That one was really good. Yeah, that was sad. Because like his brother, right? Goes back from like the he comes Tom Hardy comes back from war and his brother is like a boxer is trying to support his family. Yeah, yeah. It's been forever since I've seen like I couldn't. That tell That was what a happens. really sad one because like their dad had some troubles. Yeah, and, like yeah. I need to watch that again, but I do remember really enjoying that film. <coughs> yeah, it was really good. And then actually, some of the people that he fights are actually pro fighters. Well. Like Creed Bulldog two, or whatever. Creed two, the person that Michael B. Jordan fights is an actual. Like, well, he looks like he's an actual fighter. He's like a Ukrainian, yeah, fighter. Yeah, the Ukrainians are terrifying. Um, Deadpool 2 and then Han Solo. Nice. Those are kind of, I just went through uh, IB, IMBG kind of 2018 movies. Nice. I didn't see any of the less violent, non-action kind of stuff this okay. year. But. Yeah. Uh, so my list, not going to be uh, going into too much detail here. There are a lot of movies that I wanted to see that did not. So Bohemian Rhapsody... Peppermint with Jennifer Gardner. These are the ones you want to see. Yeah. Okay. Christopher Robin, A Star is Born, um, Fantastic Beasts I Never Got Around To, yeah. Venom, Mission Impossible Fallout, Skyscraper, just looked like fun. I'll watch anything with The Rock. Yeah. That's um, the one where he like drives a car, like he jumps onto a building. Something like that, yeah. Well, Nev Campbell from the Scream movies is in it, and she hasn't been in a movie in a while. So. I need to see any of the Scream movies. I heard they're really good. I have them all over there. Okay. I'll um, borrow them. Ant-Man and the Wasp. That was good. So, yeah, just a couple that I didn't get around to seeing. Uh, but my list, going from 10 to 1, number 10, Hereditary. Okay. Just the most disturbing movie I've probably ever seen in my life. Still need to see that one. It was something that it's not not, a, not something I'd watched, like, multiple times. Yeah. Um, I do want to see it with you because it's more of those movies you, like, want to watch to see the other person's reaction I don't know if I could watch what was that one that we watched over here where they like Get Out? Get Out. I don't know if I could rewatch that like consistently multiple times. No, because that, that was disturbing. Yeah, I like those. Just kind the of concept. Movies, yeah. Like that's one of those like maybe once a year. After thing. this, we're gonna watch the Us trailer. Jordan Peele's Us. Oh, yeah. I'll put that on my list. Yeah. Uh so that's number ten. This would probably come in higher, but I had this spot blank <coughs> when we started recording. Bird Box just finished it. Mm-hmm. Really interesting concept. Talked about it earlier in the podcast. Sandra Bullock, man, she's she's an attractive woman. Yeah. By the way, I she hasn't been in anything <laughs> since like 
the blind side. This in, Sandra Bullock is still attractive. Yeah, no, it was weird. Like, I haven't seen her in a movie in, like, years. And, uh... How old is she? Just incredible. She's gotta be in, like, mid-40s, 45. 54. Yeah, no, not even possible. Well, her birthday is July 26, 64. Well, she looks, like, early 40s, so, uh, keep it up, Sandra. Yeah, she looks really good. She's always looked very attractive. Yeah, but, uh... No, great film, and really uh, keeps your fists clenched for the whole thing. Gosh, I hope I look that good at 54. I hope I'm alive at 54. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll check that box first. Yeah. And then... um, number eight is Adrift. Uh, huge Shailene Woodley fan. Um, I think she's a great young actress. Spectacular now. Really great. It's not, I wouldn't say a romantic comedy, because it's a pretty dark drama, but... Really good kind of high school wait, romance wait, wait, type of movie. Wait, wait, sorry, not to interrupt. That Bird Box movie, is that the one where they cover their eyes? Yeah. And, like, if they see whatever, it like, they commit suicide or, like, they bash their heads into things? Did you not listen to anything I said earlier in the podcast? No, no, no. Like, I've seen the trailer for it, so I was trying to connect the two. Yeah. So that is that? It is that. That looked really good. It's really good. Ah, uh, I can't wait. Yeah. Do, should I do Kingdom Hearts or should I do that first? I will let you know right now, I will kill you. If you watch that movie and play Kingdom Hearts, no, 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 I'm saying one or the other. Yeah, no, Bird Box and then play Kingdom Hearts tonight. Yeah, Um, Adrift. Let me get back to that. So Shailene Woodley, great young actress. This is actually a true story where she kind of was kind of a do whatever you want post college type of thing. Travels around Europe, ends up meeting this guy (coughs) who is a sailor, Mm -hmm. and he has some family friends that want him to sail their boat to like the west coast and oh that's a teen pregnancy girl right yeah secret life of a teenage whatever yeah uh, american teenager whatever the heck it was yeah uh yeah that's that one looked interesting she kind of got her that, that's kind of how she rose to fame yeah that was like one of her first roles and then she, she was, was in, the one who like protested the pipeline yes and got arrested yeah exactly yeah um her voice though she's a really unique almost raspy type hey, voice guys. Like she Stop. smoked for 60 years. Let me years. finish this. Uh, no, she really does have a distinct voice that I really like. And she was in like the Divergent movies, yeah. The Fault in Our Stars. Did they not do a third Divergence? No, I think they, they ended up canceling it, right? They did, yeah. And then they said they were going to like do a TV series. And then she came out and said, that's completely unbeknownst to me. No one, yeah. the studio never got into contact with me. To be fair, though, after the first one, they made significantly less at the box office. The ratings went down pretty significantly yeah i always enjoyed the movies though i thought they were pretty entertaining they weren't first of all i think the hunger games are overrated yeah and i thought divergent was even a little bit better than what was hunger the concept games. of divergent um but i'm not gonna similar get into that concept. similar concepts yeah we're not gonna get into that but adrift like i was saying they sail this boat true story she sails with this guy that's from europe somewhere mm-hmm. to the west coast she hasn't spoken to her mom in like forever and or a long time, and so she's basically going to sail back to the West Coast to deliver this boat to this guy's family friend. Her mom happens to be in that city or whatever. Well, they didn't know that they were sailing right into the heart of a hurricane or the eye of a hurricane. Yeah, and that's really all I'll say because I don't want to spoil any of the story. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty heart wrenching. I actually watched it when Lauren was in Japan the first time. That's cr- why you're so screwed up. And just cried. Yeah. <laughs> I quite literally like was watching it just crying like... I'm was, alone! <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, it's a good movie, though. It's a really, really great movie. Yeah. Um, number seven is Incredibles 2, I thought. Really good. 
how in the world did three Cars movies come out between Incredibles 1 and 2, but it was worth the wait. Jack-Jack, so awesome. Dude, his fight with that squirrel was freaking hilarious. Yeah, it was just adorable. Um, I hope we don't have to wait another 10 years for Incredibles 3, but... Yeah, because I watched that one on a plane down to Mexico. I enjoyed Go Well, they were like, oh, you have 10 minutes until landing, and I'm like... I have, like, eight and a half minutes on this movie. <laughs> and, like, as we're landing, they obviously shut everything off, like, clear screens. And I'm, like, constantly, like, clicking on my TV, like, dude, am I going to make this? Am I going to miss the last, like, two minutes of this The Mission movie? Impossible theme started playing, and you were just, like, freaking out. Yeah, no, it was, yeah. Luckily, I saw it all, so. Nice. Number six, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Number five, Deadpool 2. Nice. Number four, Black Panther good no big surprises there three a quiet place i thought john krasinski did an amazing job not only penning a ridiculously horrifying conceptually story and then directing it debut as as a director and then starring it alongside his wife emily blunt yeah it was really good i thought both of them did a phenomenal job are they writing a second one he is yeah he is yeah uh, See, I'm I'm hoping that's equally as good. I think he's also sequels, penning a like space horror movie. That'd be good. So it's crazy to come from the office to like writing and directing. He's really made a name for himself. Yeah, and he's such a he's seems like a very genuine. person. He really does. Like whenever you see him on talk shows, he's just so personable. He's hilarious. Yeah, and um, yeah, I can't wait to see what his future holds. Yeah, it'll be good. Number two is Creed two. Okay, I haven't seen that one. I loved the first, and uh, I know a lot of people, especially like the diehard Rocky fans, um, are very tired of the movies at this point, which well, I get. A, they had a break of like 20 years. But well, Rocky Balboa came out like 10 years ago. Well, then um, 10 years. But, I mean, I am have like uber man crush on Michael B. Jordan, so yeah, to sit there, him all greased up, hitting guys with gloves. Yeah, right at Black Panther was a good one too for you then. Yeah. Except he had all those little, little dots all over himself. That was a little weird. But he killed them for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, no, Creed 2 I thought was great. Lived up to all my expectations. Considering the amount of money it's made at the box office, I have no doubt we'll see Creed 3 either next year or the year after. Yeah. Number one, Ryan. Any guesses? I have no idea. Halloween. Okay, really? Oh, are you kidding me? Jamie Lee Curtis reprising her role as Laurie Strode comes back for the final showdown of Michael Myers. I thought this movie did everything I could have ever hoped for and so much more. From all of the subtle nods, the uh, 1978 original, to infusing this new energy with um, David Gordon Green, who I think was the director of the movie, um, was just so perfect. Mm-hmm. And even though I wanted a more conclusive ending, it's Halloween. There's never going to be a conclusive ending. Michael Myers like can he's never die. Definitely dead or definitely not. You yeah. have to do open ended. And so, um, you know, you and I argued about this earlier. I mean, yeah. um, there are some things I disagreed with, but for the most part, considering it's my number one movie of the, the year, the stroll through the woods. Yeah, that was so unnecessary. Yeah, I do. I really did like that kid's humor, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when, like, the girl gets stabbed, he's like, oh, shit! <laughs> and then, like, runs down the stairs. Sitting here, clip my nasty-ass toenails. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I thought it was so perfect. And, yeah, there was just this nice little blend of humor, horror, and just, uh, I don't know, everything I wanted. John Carpenter coming back to, to do the score for the movie. Yeah. Everything I wanted from it. And uh, 
I have no doubt. I mean, they're already penning the second one. They um, have to be. So that'll be Halloween 2019. Next year is going to be the movie, or the year for horror movies. I'm not really? kidding you. What's we, coming out? We got It. We got, well, It too. I should say. Okay, so the second half? Pet Cemetery. Like the giant space turtles? Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. That movie goes in all kinds of crazy directions. Yeah. Apparently all of Stephen King's books are like interconnected. I don't doubt that. Yeah, like he is the Stephen King universe. He's a weird guy. Yeah, he has a million books. So He does. Yeah. I don't know how he has that much going on in his brain. Yeah. Didn't he almost die? Like he got hit by a truck? Yeah, there was a Family Guy joke about that. Um, Because Brian was like driving and he ended up hitting an, like some other author. Yeah. And... Brian like got out of the car. He's like, "Oh my gosh, are you Stephen King?" And he's like, "No, I'm so and so." And he's like, "Oh," and then like backed up and ran over him again and, <laughs> yeah. and then kept going. Um, but yeah, no, Halloween was great, and I can't wait to uh, see what's in store for 2019 for film. Yeah, it'll be good. But Ryan, why don't we get into the main topic of the show? Because people don't listen to this podcast for movies and things and stuff. Yeah, what do they? They want to sit here and listen to us talk about stuff? They want to talk about banana fairies is what they want us to talk about. Mm. <laughs> but no, we are going to talk about... Give me some plantains. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck are plantains? They're like They're nasty like banana. bananas. Like and then imitation if you, bananas. But if you, um, if you f- cut them up and fry them, they taste like chips. Nice. Yeah, or you could, usually plantains are like rabbit food. Like that's what they... Like the plantain chips. Because when I was... Um, when I worked at Kroger for like ever uh yeah. people always bought plantains and i was just never i always meant to ask someone why why do you eat these you prejudice against plantains <laughs> yes pretty much but let's We're talk the elitist p- banana group yes exactly <laughs> strictly chiquita is that what like the uh chiquita is that the i don't know thing? what a banana like brand the... is <laughs> okay we're getting away from fruits and vegetables and we uh we service dk bananas here <laughs> oh man you want to talk about the top 10 games of the year for you? Yeah, we can. All right, why don't we do that, Ryan? Let's right. talk about our top 10 favorite games of 2018. Again, we just want to say that we are... If you don't agree with us, you're wrong. Yes, that's yeah. rule number one. Rule number two... We're open-minded to other options. <laughs> yes, that's that's rule number two. No, but... Cover all the bases. Ryan and I, when we were creating these lists, you know, I didn't play 10 games that came out in 2018... Um, yeah. Ryan may have, he may not have, but any game that we beat this year is fair game, no matter when it came out. And um, I actually, my total count as of beating Injustice, I yeah, think this is gross. 43 games I beat this year. Do you have a list of all of them? I do. You want me to rattle that off real quick? Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, let's see here. Let me get my spreadsheet out. Okay. I'm going to like beat a game and then log it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I have games here in yellow that I was, I started, but never finished. So I'm going to go down the list. Ready? Here we go. Dishonored. Dishonored 2. Wolfenstein the New Order. Wolfenstein the New Blood. Wolfenstein the New Colossus. Kingdom Hearts 1. Kingdom Hearts 2. Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. Aqua Story. Kingdom Hearts 2.8. Fragmentary Passage. Old Man's Journey. Life of Black Tiger. Uncharted, <laughs> Uncharted the Lost Legacy. Bloodborne. Two times plus the DLC. Yeah. Resident Evil 4. Ukulele. Lego Star Wars Force The Force Awakens, Jack and Daxter The Precursor Legacy, Peggle 2, My Name is Mayo, The Order 1886, Rainbow Six Siege, Middle Earth Shadow of War, Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, 
Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Lord of the Rings The Third Age, Resistance Fall of Man, Lion King, Simba's Mighty Adventure, Dark Cloud, Uncharted 4, Uncharted Golden Abyss, Reverie, Bubsy the Woolly Strike Back, Skylar and Plux, The Adventure of Clover Island, Resistance Burning Skies, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, because I got all the trophies, <laughs> GoldenEye, Until Dawn, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, Madden the 19, the story mode, because there's actually a story mode in that game. And I guess I didn't add it, but Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Well, I guess I didn't beat it, but I put 30 freaking hours into it. I basically beat it. Yeah. I totally forgot that I played Kingdom Hearts this year. Yeah. I, it surprised me, because... I've been that logging, was earlier this year because we played them at the same time. I've been logging this all year, so I kind of, like, anytime I started a game, I log it and put it in yellow, highlight it in yellow, okay. and whenever I beat it, I just highlight it to green. Okay. So. It's good to know. Well, I'm changing my number nine, or ten, then. That's fine. Um, uh, frick. Where does that fall on my list? What, do you want me to go with my number ten right now? Sure, why not? My number ten was a surprise. I wanted to Best Buy, not really planning on getting anything. You know, you... you you go to Best Buy, you browse, you figure out what looks good and what doesn't, and Uncharted Lost Legacy for 30 bucks looked pretty darn good. So I picked it up, and you know you could easily say it's just more Uncharted and a small little DLC adventure to kind of yeah. tag along Uncharted 4, but it really is like so, so much more than that. Um, you know, so to kind of paint the picture here, you play as both Nadine and Chloe, um, kind of side characters. <laughs> Bless you. Oh, excuse me. Side characters from the earlier Uncharted games, and you, typical Uncharted, go on the Grand Adventure um, that's actually set in India, which I think was kind of an interesting location. Um, And it's definitely a game worth playing. Everything you expect in an Uncharted game, um, and in my opinion, honestly, I think it's just as good, if not better, than both Uncharted 1 and 3. Because 2 is my favorite, and I think Lost Legacy... Better than 4? No, 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 no. I mean, I think 4 is kind of like the the standard. Okay, so it's the original 3. Yeah, I mean... Graphically, it looks just as good as four because it's the same game engine. Yeah. Um, and I think this actually takes place post Uncharted Four. Okay. And of course, not after the the epilogue. Yeah. The ten yeah. years later, or whatever. Um, but it's cool because a particular character makes an appearance. Okay. And it's worth playing. Okay. So you'll you'd love it. Yeah, I'm so, sure I would. Uncharted Lost Legacy, number ten for me. What's your number ten? Um, so I just changed it. Originally, it was going to be Assassin's Creed, which I definitely didn't beat. But Odyssey. Yeah. Um, but I changed it to Neo. Oh yeah, which is you the, did play that quite like, a bit. Like Dark Souls, like the uh, ninjas and stuff. <laughs> um, I had a lot of fun with this. Um, I really enjoyed that kind of really hard boss. Um, this had more RPG elements where you would put like. It was really interesting. So, like, I guess in Dark Souls, you have people who die, and they had that, like, red blotch of blood on the ground where it shows, like, they died. But you could battle the blood stains of people who died. These are actual real characters you're saying. Yeah, like, real people, like, other players yeah. who had died. And you can get their armor, potentially. Nice. So, like, it shows what they're wearing, and they have, like, normal, like, rare, like, just the spectrum of colors of gear. And, um, which was a lot of fun, just to... Like, the one-on-one between other people who, like, characters was a lot of fun. Um, I got stuck on, like, this giant squid boss thing. So I will eventually go back to that one. But it, it gave me hope for what a, like, a Souls-like ninja game would be like. And so Sekiro, it really got me hyped up for that one. Yep. 
But that one isn't as much an RPG as this one is. Like, there's no leveling up. Sekiro? Sekiro. (laughs) Yeah. But it was collecting gear and becoming a ninja. Like, I've always wanted to be a shogun. Who doesn't? Yeah. Who hasn't had that dream at least once or twice? (laughs) At least twice. Yeah. Yeah. So I I had a lot of fun. Um, I will eventually go back. Hopefully beat that if I'm good enough. I think Neo 2 is in development, actually. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Number nine for me is a really interesting one. You know, a game that I talked about very early on in, in our podcast. So any new listeners probably don't remember me mentioning it. But it's a game that I was scrolling through the PSN store earlier this year and really saw nothing of interest until I came across this one game that um, I saw kind of, you know, when you hover over a game and it plays like this little mini trailer. Yeah. And it played this trailer where the graphical style was, just, was really striking to me. And Kissing a platformer? No. It was Old Man's Journey. Oh, yeah, yeah, Which is a game that um, I in no way want to today spoil the game story because it's a story that will really compel you to play to completion. I don't think the gameplay itself is very engrossing. It's not something that I'd want to play again with those same mechanics because... That's the one where you go, like, move the side to side and go down mountains. I'm not a big puzzle guy. Even in games like Uncharted and God of War, I hate the puzzle-solving mechanics. Like, I just want to explore these locales and then have shootouts. Um, because I don't like sticking a lever here and then climbing this wall and those types of things I just don't like. Yeah. This game is 2D in nature and this character walks along the plane. You don't actually really control the character. He just keeps walking until you use the cursor to essentially lift and raise and lower like hills that he travels across. And you have to move certain things around the area to... Yeah, just make sure that he can traverse along On his, his journey. Yeah. Um, and so what I also will say about the story that the story it tells is not novel. It's nothing unique, nothing you haven't heard in a Disney movie or some other sappy romance movie. Um, but it's the way in which the story is told that I think is incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, it literally brought me to tears at the end and not many games have made me cry. I can probably count on one hand. Um, the graphics are just so beautiful. The music is spectacular. Ryan, what is this right here? Journey. Old. The, oh, the old man's journey. Old man's journey. It is actually the record. <laughs> I guess journey would be a totally different. Yeah, and so Ryan, why don't you um, you can check out some of the the artwork there. No, um, I really did like this style. Is this cell shaded? Yeah. Of? So the gameplay again. This looks like someone painted it. Is very puzzle heavy. And the music's incredible. The story is told without words. It's all... The, the old man will get to a place, he'll sit on a bench, and they'll, you'll have these flashbacks. And that's kind of how this story is communicated. And it's just really something to be, to be played. Um, I think you can get it on iOS devices, PS4, and I think it's available on Switch now. Nice. Highly recommend it. I think you can get it for less than $10. You can beat it in like less than two hours, but it's just really, really a cool game. So very yeah. Unique. No, I you showed me this one before we recorded previously, and I think I think one of the episodes we talked about unique graphical designs on games. Yeah, did we and, talk about that? Or, yeah. yeah, and this is definitely one that's very intriguing. It is. It's just it's just visually appealing to look at. Yeah, and the music tied with. Um, <coughs> even if the puzzle solving can be a little frustrating at times, 
Yeah. Story's worth it. So check out Old Man's Journey. Really fun. Number nine. Um, I guess speaking of graphical, like unique graphical, uh, my next one is Celeste. Okay. Um, so it's very much a specific style. It's like kind of a retro style. Um, I guess the plot is kind of you are, uh, you're not Celeste. You're, I think the Celeste is the name of the mountain, but you're this character and you're traveling up this mountain to kind of discover who you are. Okay. And there's like side characters and it's very self-aware and witty. Like you meet this other traveler guy who's trying to become an Instagram star. Nice. Like just taking pictures of a mountain. And it really like that kind of sense of humor and the conversations where your character's like, that's cool. Like you kind of suck at this. Like, yeah. Breaks up the mind numbing like puzzles. For like as far as platformers go, this is probably the hardest platformer I've ever done. Yeah, and I've never done like Meat Boys yeah. or um, that kind of thing. Um, I think the thing about Meat Boy is like that's a lot of red and like very dark. This one was very much like alive and I don't know something that you would want to play through. Like a Mario game is very bright Colorful, for most stages. Multiple color palettes, not just one singular. Yeah, color. instead of red and black and gray and like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I had a lot of fun with it. I am about halfway through currently. I'm stuck on this one. I don't know how like people can like speed run this without um, dying. Well, they basically surrender sixty hours a week to to practicing and watching videos and figuring out the best way to well, time certain jumps and everything like that. Yeah, like I watched a video how to beat this one thing that I'm stuck on, and then I just suck, apparently. No, and those games are just, they're, they're for a very specific audience, and your reflexes have to be... Well, like the first perfect. night I got it, when because we were at your place recording an episode, and I sat there and I was just... Oh, I was at my dad's house, actually. I yeah, that. I was just swearing on the couch. I do remember that. And then I ended up going up because that was a Sunday night and we had to work. I like, get up at four the next morning. I was up until like two. Oh like I gosh. got two hours of sleep because I was so invested in this game. Um, and you're playing that on the Switch? Yeah, playing it on the Switch. Um, I think they don't have physical copies from what I... They don't and then... So I thought about getting this for you for Christmas. Um, Limited Run Games is not a, a company I like to do business with because... They're Limited Run? Or? Yeah, they, they basically have to wake up Friday morning and within two minutes you have to order your copy, otherwise they're sold out. And they print games like that and games like Old Man's Journey and Golf Story on the Switch, like things like that, yeah. that otherwise wouldn't have physical copies. And Celeste was one of the games that they weren't going to release until... Like, if I ordered it, it wouldn't ship until, like, mid-January. Uh -huh. So I could, like, give you a sheet of paper and be like, hey, you know, like... Yeah, um, there's certain games that I like having physical copies for. Um, like, God of War. Yeah, I, this, I would hate to have a non-physical copy. Celeste would be one that would be awesome. But at the same time, it wasn't a game... Like, it's not number one for you. It wasn't something like, oh, this is really gonna, like, Ryan's gonna want this. No, those art books were freaking amazing. Yeah, I was like, this like, is... For, I've spent a couple hours just looking through those. Yeah, notebooks. I was like, this is what Ryan needs in his life. Yeah. And I couldn't, sh the, the dog shipping from Amazon was like, you know, like one to two months shipping delivery. Wow. And so I just wasn't going to order a puppy for you because, you know. Yeah. And then hopefully it's fed. Yeah. And like there's yeah. air holes. Well, see, they life. actually like overfeed it for like two weeks. 
And then he kind of just hibernates in a box. And then when you open the box, it's so starved that it eats you. (laughs) (laughs) That's basically how they advertise it. Game of Thrones. Like, you starve those dogs for five days, they're going to eat you. Don't be spoiling stuff for me. Yeah. You need to watch Game of Thrones. Like, I was so hyped for Game of Thrones this morning. I know. Well, we want to have all the seasons over there. Yeah, the thing is, stop watching Birds and Boxes and... Uh... Dude, Birds and Boxes are <laughs> really entertaining, so... Yeah, Dragons and other stuff is really entertaining, too. Okay, well, I'll get around to it. Yeah, so Celeste, my number nine. Number eight for me, many would consider it a PlayStation 2 classic, and for the longest time, I did not. I remember distinctly going into a game crazy tied to Hollywood Video back in the day, mm-hmm. and I went in browsing the ps2 games and you know they had like those little green and gold stickers if you were like a rewards member you got the cheaper price in the top right hand corner of the boxes and picked up this copy of this game where um this guy with like a little looked like an elf with little green hat and like a little light glowing in front of his face and i looked at the back of the box and it had very zelda like gameplay mechanics yeah and i was kind of interested in this game and that was dark cloud yeah in one of Level 5's first games, if not their first game, went home and had no idea what the heck was going on, ended up returning it like the next day. Wow. Flash forward to meeting... Persistent one you are. Yeah, very much so. (laughs) Very patient child. Yeah. Flash flash forward to meeting one Pete Door. Yeah. The Door The Door himself. And he was speedrunning this game, and I was just so intrigued about this game like it's such an i remember giving up on this (laughs) yeah well no i did you know and so i went in the psn store and it was like 15 bucks for the playstation 4 up semi-updated graphics downloaded it and so what dark cloud is it is a action rpg roguelike game where the game starts off where this dark genie is getting ready to essentially suck the life out of the world and just before he does this little genie guy encapsulates encapsulates all of like the people and buildings and these little things called atla Mm -hmm. and of course toen the main character comes into this town is greeted by this genie guy and grants him the power to unlock these atla and so what you then do is go into these dungeons genie or a good genie the good genie okay i should say he's like a good little old man he's like master roshi from dragon ball z oh nice and he grants you the power to unlock these atla hermit and you go into the, these different dungeons that are multi-layered floors mm-hmm. that each time you go in are procedurally <laughs> generated. So you go in one time, it may, may be laid out one way, you return to that same level in the dungeon, and it's laid out a different way. Yeah. So it's really unique in that sense, especially for a game that came out in like 2001. Um, but once you unlock these Atla, then you return to the, the hub world, and essentially has like almost like a, a SimCity-like mechanic where... You're in this bird's eye view and you rebuild the city after unlocking all of the people and buildings. Nice. So it's really interesting. Um, a lot longer than I would have expected and maybe even wanted. Um, I beat it in about 35 to 40 hours. Yeah, because you, I remember that last dungeon. It had like, I looked it up and it was like 30 floors. It was ridiculous. You're like, yeah. You're in floor like six. And you end up unlocking like six different characters that have, it's kind of like Donkey Kong 64, I suppose, where. Um, they have different abilities that you'll need to um, yeah. unlock certain switches and fight certain bosses and all that kind of stuff. But um, you know I'm a huge music guy when it comes to video games, and the music in this game is just beautiful. And uh, a game that came out 17 years ago holds up pretty darn well today. So yeah. really enjoyed my time with Dark Cloud. And I would I would say, you know, Pete has even said this too, if you really want to try the games, 
and you don't necessarily have the patience for a game like this because um, you have a thirst meter, you need to... Um, there's just a lot of kind of things that are kind of archaic and designed by today. Mm-hmm. Start with the second one. Both okay. of them are available on the PSN store and PS4. Um, or if you have a PS2 still, you can play them like that too. But yeah. would really urge you to play it on PS4 instead. Yeah, thirst meters and those kind of things really ir- get irritating. Weapons break. So, you know, it, the whole nine yards. Yeah. There's just a lot of things that can be frustrating. But I think it's worth, if you have the patience, <laughs> uh, worth investing in. So yeah. number eight for me, Dark Cloud. Nice. So I had not played this game until I met you, and I, I guess I played... I'm sorry. Yeah, it, I guess the first Kingdom Hearts I didn't play. And I didn't. I got off the island, I think, and then I get irritated. Um, but the, I, my number eight is Kingdom Hearts 2. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. it's uh, The second you said Kingdom Hearts, I was like, crap, I did play those games. Um, I really... The first one, I didn't have the nostalgia factor. I enjoyed it. The last boss was really freaking hard. Yeah. Um, I think I beat him like level 60 or something. But these longer phase battles where it's like you have to go back three phases. Yeah. Um, kind of rough. And I don't know how some kids did them back in the day. I don't know. Well, I didn't. Right? Yeah. I mean, I told you. I did You not. got to the boss and you gave up. I couldn't do it. I just could not <laughs> do it. Um, yeah. Some of the dodging and like how the camera worked on Ansem was rough. But Kingdom Hearts 2, um, definitely graphically updated. Um, the battle mechanics were a lot more fun. It really gets me more hyped. More fluid and fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a lot slower in Kingdom Hearts 1. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'm super hyped for um, Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, yeah, I, I, I had a lot of fun. It, it is really cool seeing... Because I didn't play any of the Final Fantasy, but I know of Cloud because he has that big sword, and I watched... Was it their uh, Final Fantasy VII movie? Oh, yeah, Advent Children. Or Advent... Yeah, Advent the one Children, where he fights the wing angel guy. Sephiroth, yeah. Yeah, Sephiroth. Um, that was a cool... Like, I watched that with Rick back in college. It was an awesome movie. It was really cool. Oh, man. Yeah, so having that combined with Disney characters and going exploring these worlds was a lot of fun. Though the story is super convoluted, doesn't always make sense we'll get there right yeah there's like a moon vacuum and stuff like who really knows what's going on i'm Ah. gonna have to do a lot of research before kingdom hearts episode so yeah we should quickly say that before kingdom hearts 3 releases and before ryan goes to japan we are going to release a kingdom hearts episode where i'm not going to do any research prior to i'm going to try and explain the kingdom hearts story in my own words then ryan is going to do lots and (laughs) lots of research and actually explain to the listeners what the heck Kingdom Hearts is about. Yeah, and I'm going through it, and it's... Like, I'm having to look up characters. I'm like, who is this guy? Like, yeah. I, I'm going to have to beat that um, Birth by Sleep. Yeah. Because Birth by Sleep is, like, the old storyline with Xehanort and, like, Masters... Excuse me. Master Xehanort. Yeah, so Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep takes place, like, ten years before... Yeah. Like, Kingdom Hearts 1 even starts, but... It's like the X-Blade kind of history, the... that kind of stuff. Sure, dude. I don't Where even you... know what you're talking about right now. Like, I'm, I'm one of the biggest Kingdom Hearts fans there is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the entire point of, like, the Keyblade War. Sure. Yeah. What's your number seven? Yeah. Oh, no, you just... You're, it's your number seven. Yeah. So, Kingdom Hearts enjoyed a lot of fun. Um, there was that one guy complained about last time with a flying ship who... His souls fall off into the ocean and they disappear. But besides that, a lot of fun. 
uh, crazy big boss battle at the end, kind of like um, the first Kingdom Hearts. I've just it, they're they're getting better as they go on, so mm-hmm. it gives me lots of hope for the third. Yeah, no, I yeah. think it's uh, you know it's tough because I know there's a game coming up on your list that came out in January of this year, and I just hope that sure Kingdom Hearts three doesn't get forgotten by the end of 2019 because undoubtedly there's going to be you know your your huge titles that come out in the fall of 2019 and um like i kind of wish kingdom hearts 3 was like a like a october november release because i just don't want it to be forgotten you know i want it to be what's coming out later in 2019 um i could get out my most anticipated games list um isn't that what we're doing next time yeah let me see there's a lot of games that are on my list that don't have release dates yet. Um, oh. And there's also, like... Oh, I, I have some from this year that are going to be good, but I'm super excited for... And there's also a long list of games that haven't even been announced yet that'll inevitably be releasing in the fall of next year. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, Fallout 4 was, like, and even 3, I think. You know, Bethesda came out and, like, E3 and was like, hey, October... I've lost faith in Bethesda recently. Well, I mean... I, okay, Fallout 76 aside, you know what I'm talking about, okay? Yeah. Like, that's just how Bethesda does things. Fallout 76 was a complete fluke. They're clearly going to regroup on that. Yeah. And Elder Scrolls 6 is still going to be a masterpiece of a game. Yeah. Even if we don't play it until 2020. No, I, I'm foreseeing Kingdom Hearts 3 to be very high on my top You know, I just 10. don't want the discussion for Kingdom Hearts 3 to be tired come December of next year. Tired? Like, people are either going to be, like, t- sick of hearing about Kingdom Hearts 3... Or it won't even be in the discussion. Oh, it's going to be on my list of top 10 for sure. I know it is. But again, the fanboy in me wishes it was later in the year so that people would still be talking about it. This hype come, is real. Come and... top 10 games of yeah. the year discussions. Yeah. Yeah. For like the actual award ceremonies. Yeah. Um, so my number seven is Dishonored, the first one. Oh, nice. So a game that came out six years ago, you never would have known the difference <laughs> because I still have the absolute time of my life. You know, it's no secret if you've listened to the podcast... Um, since episode one that I love my stealth games, mm-hmm. um, my Hitmans, my Thief games, and even like Wolfenstein and things like that where you don't necessarily need to play stealth, but I always do because I love the satisfaction of sneaking through a level without being seen, knifing people from the back. Um, <coughs> it's just really good good fun. And so Dishonored 1 takes kind of what Thief popularized in the late 90s, early 2000s where... Um, you know, you have your bow and arrow, your, your knife, and maybe a, a gun of some sort, Yeah. but you never really use it. Right. And you sneak through these different levels and take out people the way you choose. Um, lots of branching paths. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure in that degree. But this page 76 for exactly dishonored took things a step further in that, um, you have these like little unique, almost superpowers. Yeah, like teleport. Yeah, so they have a blink mechanic where you can visually see where you're going to teleport and you can kind of teleport onto a ledge or you can just out of nowhere spawn this nasty horde of rats to just devour a guard so you can walk past him. Um, And the graphical style is kind of like... um, Steampunk. Yeah, it's said in this very steampunk, almost Victorian-like weird era where there's just like a plague going on. Um, the story, I couldn't honestly 
again, there are very few games where I care about the story, right? I mean, it's just, it's not... Which games do you care about the story? It's probably easier to list them out than the ones... Yeah, Uncharted, Old Man's Journey, something that's, like... Meant to be a story. Meant to be, like, yeah, you need to pay attention to this. But, like, Gears of War, Halo, like, I couldn't give a lick about those. I'm there to shoot aliens and throw grenades. Like, that's yeah. really all I'm there for. Um, but Uncharted, where... The story matters. It, you're less of a playing a game and more following the story anyways. It, you're playing a movie. Yeah, of course I'm, I'm wondering why <laughs> Nathan is with whatever, Sully, and they're on the other side of the Madagascar, whatever, you know? I, 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 <laughs> care, I care about where they are yeah. and why their they're, they're motivations for doing things. Um, but something like Dishonored, I'm more just interested in unlocking new powers and getting my hidden blade mm-hmm. and stabbing people in the neck. Yeah. Dishonored was a lot of fun. I love Dishonored 2. I hope Bethesda and the other developer behind the game, I'm not sure. That was Bethesda? It was, yeah. Really? I hope they release a third one next year because they're fantastic stealth games. Yeah, I've wanted to play those. Um, a genre that was very much dying when Thief debuted on PS4 and Xbox One. Dishonored came in and just shattered expectations. So, yeah, big fan. Loved it. Yeah, I need to borrow those because actually I have those on like a list that I want to play. You should. They're really great games. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like dying over here. I know you've gotten like progressively more sick as we've recorded this podcast. I know. Episode. My eyes are like killing me right now and like I can feel like the pain. Like it feels like a, a balloon is being blown up. Do you up want like an Advil or anything? Uh, I might have some gummy vitamins or I don't know how you solve like sleep and fluids. Yeah. And salt. Lots of ramen noodles. So, Bird Box and Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. So, and why like don't you subway. just uh, so, okay, keep so, rattling off these Yeah. Games. My number eight is... Seven. Yeah. Number seven is... I've talked about this game, like, nonstop. But, like, Dark Souls 3, but specifically... Um, like, Dark Souls 3, generally, you have a bunch of swords. Like, hundreds of swords that you can choose. But this is playing as a mage. Like, a pure intelligence build. And it kind of revitalized my love of this game, completely changing up the formula. Mm-hmm. Um, you play a completely different way. Um, everyone wants to be a wizard at one point in their life. Like, it's just being able to shoot magic. And I thought everyone wants to be a cat, according to Aristocats. Well, you know what? Everybody, everybody. <laughs> I was curious if you were going to go that way. Um. After you become a furry and a cat, mm-hmm. um, then you can become a wizard. Mm, that's what I thought. And uh, Platform 9 and 3 quarters is calling your name. Yep. Just a vat, cadavra, everything. Yeah. What's up, Snape? So definitely worth trying um, becoming a wizard. Um, it, it's just totally different. And makes you... I think it makes you a better player to like completely change up the formula. And then going about playing different games... like. Trying to think of another game that you can play completely different. Like Skyrim. I mean, it's a perfect Skyrim, example. Skyrim, playing yeah. different builds, um, even Uncharted, or like... Um, well, like Dishonored. Dishonored. Because there's two ways. You, you can, can either go through stealth, or, or you can go just guns blazing, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's fun to change that up, because in Dishonored, I should have said, there's different outcomes in the story. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you can go, like, I think it's heavy chaos, or like, I forget the two alternatives, but it's like chaos and whatever the alternative yeah. to that is. It, it's it's really fun. Um, like, even playing as, like, a pyromancer now, just chucking fireballs. Like, being a pyro myself, 
having the ability to chuck fireballs at will and not be reprimanded by the police yeah. <laughs> and accidentally killing skeletons like there's no let's go to jail for chucking fireballs at people yeah um but it, it's worth trying that play style if you've beaten with a sword or like i guess my first time was with a like a straight sword and then like a heavier sword but this one being a wizard is a lot of fun nice yeah good choice so when you get the games after this i'm sure dark souls 3 or 1 will be on my list next year yeah well actually it's gonna be tough because Sekiro will probably most definitely be like top five yeah and then we also plan on going through those games together like kingdom hearts i'm gonna be behind because i'm gonna be in japan that's fine but i'm sure i can catch up yeah that'll be interesting to record on zero sleep well get off the plane it's gonna be very similar to how you are right now half dead hey guys (laughs) (laughs) okay my number six is a game that you and i had been anticipating Mm -hmm. all year um one i came in with great expectations all of which were shattered ryan i'm talking about none other than super smash brothers ultimate oh nice uh i think it's a game that i haven't even (coughs) essentially what's the what's the phrase i can't even think right now scratch the surface yeah because we haven't even played multiplayer together. Yeah. I haven't played online. We haven't gotten parties of eight people over here playing the chaotic eight-player Smash. Yeah, we need to do that. Uh, so I have so much to look forward to. I've only unlocked a fraction of the spirits, and it's still so much fun to go to the spirit board and see eight new ones that I could potentially unlock. Yeah. Um, it's a fun little um, getaway from the game that I might be playing, which will eventually be either DK64 or Dark Souls to kind of pop into spirit board unlock some spirits, get back to Bright uh, Blight Town, you know? Yeah. Um, I think what Sakurai did here is just incomprehensible almost, that he has all the fighters, all the maps, so many different songs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then teaming up with different companies that we wouldn't expect. Yeah, I mean... Like uh, the DLC characters, we don't expect... Cloud, Bayonetta, uh, Simon from... Um, Castlevania. Castlevania. I mean, just... Freaking Dragon Guy from Samus. Yeah, yeah, from Metroid, Ridley. I mean, just really crazy stuff. I'm sure we're going to see either Praise the Sun Guy from Dark Souls as a DLC character. Oh, Solaire. We're going to see either Dragonborn, um, Dante from Devil May Cry. Can you imagine Fusro dying people like Kirby? and That'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, my... Yeah, I mean, heck, Fusro dying Ridley would yeah. be... My guess is we're going to... We got What's-His-Face from Persona 5. I don't even know because I didn't play that game. I heard it was a good game. Well, yeah, it's a great game, but it also takes like 300 hours to beat. Really? Yeah. Um, I've never been a big fan of the Persona games. They're too complicated for me. Really? Um, yeah, very complicated so like battle that system. Diablo game, Diablo 5, that... Um, oh, Disgaea. Disgaea. Yeah, it's... Kind of like that? Yeah, there's just too much going on for me. Yeah. Um, plus, you like spawn these Personas by shooting yourself in the head. It's really wacky. That sounds really weird. But it sounds also, very Japanese. They all, it, it is very Japanese. They also tackle like a lot of like emotional things like depression and um, like sexuality type, type stuff. Like they, they definitely address like a lot of unique things. Um, but sounds I don't, very intense. It is, but I don't have the patience to learn those mechanics. Discover who you are as a man. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Pretty I didn't much. go into a game to question who I am. Yeah, but uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, love it. Haven't even scratched the surface. So much more impressions coming later in this year. <coughs> yeah, no, I 
I really enjoyed Smash. That's actually the next one on my list. Number uh, five for you? The one after this one. Okay, so what's your number six? So my number six is Pokemon Let's Go. That's my number five. Okay, so we can we can just talk about... Yeah. Um, I Originally, I had no idea what this game was. I thought it was going to be a Pokemon Go, just rendition. And it kind of is, but being I didn't expect to be able to play through the entire Kanto, like original game, using the catch mechanics from Pokemon Go. Mm-mm. I didn't expect it to blend well. I was obviously very wrong. And then listening to a couple YouTubers and like who got to p- touch the game, it gave me hope, and I was not let down. It it was a ton of fun. Yeah, I mean, I kind of said here in my, my notes, I was just like, unlike Super Smash Brothers, where I went in with great expectations, I went in with pretty much no expectations because I felt like if I start from the bottom, I can basically be maybe surprised if I see like a Squirtle running around in like the field or like the water. Um, <coughs> but I mean, I played this game like nonstop for like three days until I beat it almost. Yeah. Um, there's very few games this year that I had that sense of anticipation at work. Like, I can't wait to go home and jump back into the world of Kanto. Yeah. I mean, it completely made me feel like I was revisiting the world again as six-year-old Rusty playing it on my Game Boy Color. It was. And I, I think the greatest addition, besides the catch mechanics, which, besides them running away and breaking your chain, was amazing. But it's seeing the Pokemon, uh, like, above the grass. Opposed no to that random account, like, the random encounter from literally every other game seeing them above ground and be able to like chain Pokemon and like, I want to go up to Squirtle. Let's run around and check if there's a Squirtle, like how it would be in one of the Pokemon shows. Exactly. And that's, that's what is key is like, it makes you feel more a part of the world. Yeah. It's, you know, because when you have the random encounters, it's like, well, this isn't realistic because if I was Ash actually there, I would see the Pharaohs running around, flying around or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought it was amazing. And I think, there's no way that moving forward any Pokemon game doesn't have that. Yeah, they have to. Or cuz what, the next Pokemon game is eventually coming out on the Switch, I'm assuming. I think they're done with the 3DS. <coughs> I don't see them releasing any more. They can't. Oh gosh, please don't. First of all, I mean, we have Ruby Sapphire, X and Y, and then two Sun and Moon games. Yeah. I mean, there's no way that they'd have any more They Pokemon really need games. to get rid of those like Ultra Beasts. Yeah. I mean, I just want more Honestly, just give me gold and silver, let's go. Yeah. That's all I want at this point. That'd be really good. I mean, I don't need anything more than that. I don't need... And they could just add, a, like, a crystal let's go, like, as a spin-off. I don't need a hundred more Pokemon. No. I'd rather just have the first three generations and be done with it. Yeah. I mean, heck, even if we keep redoing one, two, and three, like, the best ones... They really are. I mean, I don't see... The only people that are going to argue with that are the people that... They grew up playing X and Y as, like, their first Pokemon game. Yeah. X and Y had a freaking giant in it, so... That was so weird. Like, the Pokemon War from, like, a thousand years ago. Actually, I'm really curious, because, like, most of the guys are dead, right? Yeah. Like, Lieutenant Surge was, like, a lieutenant in the Pokemon War. Yeah. So bizarre. Can you imagine if they actually had... Like Kingdom Hearts, like you know how they do, like the Blade War or whatever. Just like you imagine deep with like <laughs> Pokemon's, like chasing, them, like <laughs> like like super intense, like rated R. Yeah, like Pokemon are dying. Like, oh, you have like Lieutenant Surge at the top of Helm's Deep. Like, 
they're chucking down like Voltorbs, having them self-destruct, and you have like people's like arms flying off, like <laughs> Pikachu, like, like his rib cage is exposed, <laughs> like Pika, and like Charizard's like literally charboiling people, like. And then Lieutenant Surge like looks at his men, he's like, "Ride Rapidash with me out there," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they ride Rapidash, just, like through the h- hordes of like Caterpies and like freaking Electabuzzes and. Yeah, that would be crazy. Like, you see Ash's dad, like, the backstory of him. He just, like, he's getting boiled alive by, like, a Charizard. And then Professor Oak rides in on his, <laughs> like, nine tails down the hill with the Rohirrim. <laughs> like, <laughs> Look to the north. Yeah. Like, on the third day. <laughs> yeah, that would be really good. That would be really brutal. Can you, there needs to be like some YouTuber that's much more artistically talented than, than I am to like recreate the Battle of Helm's Deep with Pokemans. Yeah, who would be the evil one? Like the evil orcs? It would be like Machokes. Yeah, I can see Machokes being like Pincers. Really, um, like Team Rocket. Gengars. I can see Team Rocket. Who would be Sauron? Mewtwo. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be sweet. And then the, he just. Or falls down team, and gets impaled. Who's the Team Rocket boss? Giovanni? Giovanni. Yeah. He would be like Saruman. Uh, yeah, he could. Or Lurtz. Who would be Lurtz? Like a Machoke. Yeah. Or Machop. Machamp. Machamp. Yeah, Machamp. And he's like seven arms. Yeah. Who would be Aragorn? Hmm. Brock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Ash is an idiot. So yeah, no, it can't be Ash. Ash. Ash is more like Gimli or something. Like he rides on an, like an onyx. Yeah, no, Ash is Frodo. Y- yeah, like possessed by like <laughs> a ring, by like a Pokeball. Yeah. But it's like a love ball. Yeah, exactly. Like one of those off-brand apricots, <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh, we could sit here and talk about Pokemon Lord that would be great. crossover forever. Shellob, you have like that one's area dose. Yeah, the green spider thing. Yeah, except it's like a massive. Like there was a crystal onyx. There was like the giant, the valley of giant onyxes. Mm-hmm. It could be like a giant area dose. I could get down with that. Yeah, just impale like misty in the back, <laughs> and she's like foaming at the mouth because she hates bug Pokemon. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. Someone needs to pen this out, man. Can Maybe. you imagine? I I just I'm still picturing like, oh. What was that sausage party or whatever? That one, like, hot dogs and, like, people are dying. Have Did you ever see that? Oh, I watched, like, the first 20 minutes and I had to stop it. Well, there's a scene where, like, they collide or, like, basically um, saving Private Ryan where they're, like, the guy's, like, holding up his guts and, like, you know the, how that intense? <laughs> yeah. But it's basically, like, that with, like, things from a convenience store. Yeah. Like, food. And they're, like, dying and there's, like... I don't know, like mustard. It's like leaking everywhere. Like they're all dying. It's just like this most traumatic scene. You're like, oh my gosh, like completely recreating that death yeah, scene. That's funny. I can imagine that with Pokemon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, what's your number four? <laughs> my number four is uh, another series that I had never played um, leading into this year, and I really had no intentions of playing until I saw. The first game, and it's DLC on the same disc, and that is Wolfenstein The New Order. Nice. Uh, let's see here. This game, it you know, it didn't just surprise me. It, like, literally completely just knocked my socks off and brought me um, 
new hope for the first-person genre, first-person really? shooter genre, because I'm so tired of the Battlefields, the <laughs> Call of Duties, uh, the Far Cries mix it up a bit, um, but like your standard old-school Doom, you know, Duke Nukem first-person shooters, and this game tells a story that is actually interesting, you know, of all stories that Rusty would pay attention to, who know who knew it would be Wolfenstein the New Order, but B.J. Blazkowicz is just such a interesting, like, hulk of a figure yeah and um he falls in love with this this girl um because he basically in the story um basically almost had like has a lobotomy because okay. um not fun yeah he gets like hurt in the war or whatever and these people like nurse him back to health in um in germany and they end up the germans like come in and infiltrate this this hospital and kill this lady, this girl's Anya's parents, mm-hmm. and about to to kill and take her, uh, but then B.J. Blazkowicz like freaking gets out of his wheelchair and just like raises hell and starts like murdering everyone. You can like dual wield like these giant like machine guns. machine guns and just spray bullets everywhere, or you can get like a Rambo knife and just come up behind people and literally like, brutally just like stab them in the neck and like break their faces and throw them to the ground. It's Really, sounds like the Pokemon War. Basically, <laughs> it's really bloody, really over the top. It's actually a really hard game because I borrowed it. Very challenging. Yeah, very challenging. I was on because I usually play on medium difficulty, and I was expecting like medium difficulty. You can usually run and gun. This was not a run and gun on. That's medium. why I choose to play it stealth because it is very difficult. Um, I played it medium the whole game until I got to the final boss, and I swear that final boss is like downright impossible. Yeah. I, I did beat it on the easiest difficulty setting, but even that was, like, a struggle. Because isn't there a new one that came out? New Colossus. Yeah. Which, shout out to all Switch users, you can get New Colossus on Switch, and it is so worth playing. There's a little story um, synopsis in the beginning to bring you up to speed from New Order, but if you can play New Order, please do. You is can... it the one with, like, the robot dog guys? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really nasty villain. Just She's just an absolute psycho. And the second one. And in the first one, still, the villains were just a, an absolute wacko. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if you play, if you kill Hitler in the first one. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I think the, you know, the R- RPG, not the RPG, the shooting mechanics are super tight. Um, the world looks great uh, graphically. It's, it's a very pleasing game to see. And uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything else here that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I played the new Colossus this year, and I, th- I thought it was just as great. Um, but with the first drawing me into this series, I felt like that's what needed to be on my list. Nice. So. Yeah. My number four is a little bit different. Um, it is the first game in the series that I really enjoyed. Um, it's Breath of the Wild. Wow, really? Yeah. I forgot you played that game this year. Yeah, so I, I played the other one, what Ocarina of Time. Yeah, we're um, not going to go into that. Yeah, it it's... I mean, that's the only other... Se- not to go into that one, but that's the only other one in this series that I played. And it didn't really catch my eye as much as this new Zelda game that's coming out. And I think what they do really well on this game is they don't hold your hand. It chucks you into this world and you like legitimately start out with a stick. Like, the original Zelda, you get your like wooden sword or your other sword and you're trying to get a master sword and whatever this one they chuck you in a world 
you have really low hearts, you have a stick, and they say, they don't even tell you what your objectives are. They just say, go, do mm-hmm. things. And they have a really well-drawn-out tutorial, kind of shows you how the like puzzles and those kind of, I don't know what they're called. Basically, you jump into a little place and there's a puzzle, like okay. most Zelda games. And each one of those puzzles allows you like to... A dungeon? Dungeon, that's the word I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, you're tired, it's fine. Oh, yeah. Um, each dungeon, I think there's like a hundred and so, allows you to either upgrade after you beat so many Aren't of them. shrines, too? Shrines. That's probably what you're yeah, really looking shrines. for. Yeah. Um, allows you to upgrade either your health or your stamina. And stamina, you need to climb walls and um, run stuff, and then health is obviously health. Um, and it, it's... You can go straight from the start of the game to the final boss, like final Ganon, and people have done it and beaten the game without doing anything else. Highly unadvised yeah. for anyone. Um, it's it's like Assassin's Creed where you get on a tower and you basically open up a portion of the map. Mm-hmm. And this map is really big. Um, it has different biomes, like you have... a like a volcano biome, a water biome, like a desert biome. And you have like specific RPG armors like that are help you survive in each one of those. Okay. Um, it, it's a really, I mean, the story is a typical Zelda story, like fantasy stuff, Zelda's in it, like that kind of stuff. But it's the gameplay mechanics and how ruthless it is, like fighting all the creatures with no real pointed directive. Yeah. And you basically make kind of like how Skyrim does it. You make your own game. Yeah. And you can go into a dungeon that you probably shouldn't go into like level 35 when you're level two. Yeah. And, um, and then you have the mechanics of weapons breaking, which some people don't like. Um, it didn't really feel too, it didn't feel terrible. Um, I'm not always a fan of the breaking weapons. Like I want to have, my lino, like the centaur kind of bows and things, but it just incentivizes you to go kill other creatures and mm-hmm. get their weapons. Nice. Um, yeah, I had, um, you know, I was listening to Ludo Wave Radio, that TV and Lust guy, yeah. Craig. Um, he was talking earlier in the year about the game, and he had this just, like, realization multiple times in the game where he just thought to himself, like, I'm, I'm not supposed to be here yet. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of just like that, oh, crap moment. And those um, are the fun, like, adrenaline rushes. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it'll it kill you. Yeah. Like, you, you will, will die. die. But I think that that's just makes you the, keep coming back, right? I mean, you yeah. just want to keep playing. And like, you climb up, like, you don't have enough stamina to climb up a tower. Somehow you find a way, like, riding up fire or whatever to, like, get up to the top. And then you find a like a high-level royal sword at the top. Like one of those like Assassin's Creed-style buildings that like beacons the world. Yeah. And you're like, I can do a lot of freaking damage with this. Yeah. And then you run into a different area, you get a little cocky, and then you die, and you're like, didn't do enough damage. (laughs) And you're rolling off a cliff. Like, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to playing that. That'll probably be... A 2019 game for me, no doubt. Yeah. Probably I, when there's like a lull, like in the year, like usually like the June-July time frame because um, typically with E3, there's not a whole lot of game releases those months. I'll probably save it for then. Yeah, and then there's also like a DLC of a harder version as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
and then there's like Master Sword like questline DLC. Could not beat that one. Yeah. Basically, you um, are basically going through a bunch of different levels and you start out with nothing and you have to work your way through the entire game with just your current stamina, your current health. And like, so I think you start out with like a stick or something and you have to kill things with a stick and be creative with all your bombs and stuff. Hmm. Really difficult. I bet. Yeah. You mind if we take a quick break? Yeah, sure. All right. We'll be back, folks. And with the power of editing, Ryan, we're back. Now we have to do our top three games of the year. Did you say your number four already? Mm-hmm. You did? Okay. Just Breath of the sure. Wild. That's right. That's right. So let me get my show notes back up here. Get everything <coughs> going. Ryan's very much not alive over there. Yeah. He's struggling. They're like progressively getting worse through this recording. Yeah. So we're going to kind of rush, not try, like rush, but no, you know. we're going to. We'll do what we got. Ryan's going to stick it out. Number three for me should be no surprise, Bloodborne. Nice. Wasn't until this game that I successfully completed a From Software game, and uh, I would have liked it no other way than for that game to have been Bloodborne because it revitalized my um, confidence that I can actually complete these games. (laughs) And um, if not without a lot of trial and error. <coughs> but what I love about Bloodborne and now, you know, the Souls games as I will eventually play them is that you're typically... Or the game is not at fault. The developers are not at fault. Yeah. You just need to learn the boss. You need to learn the the patterns of the enemies because they're very much the same. There's not a whole lot of variability there. They... They spawn in the same places when you come back to an area. Yeah. They they do the same things. You just have to do different things to make sure that you come out on top. Yeah. And I think Bloodborne is one of the best realized, gross, and most disgusting worlds <laughs> yeah. I've ever been, been in yeah. in a video game. But while equally so beautiful. Yeah. Like, it's just amazing that... Dichotomy is that the word I'm looking for? Sure. Yeah, it's just funny. So, mom for Christmas got us the Bloodborne like board game, card game. That's right. Yeah, and so she's like, "Oh, do you you like Bloodborne?" When she was at my apartment yesterday, and I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll show you what it is," because um, I'm looking at either Bloodborne or Dark Souls as for like a painting, and I so I made a new character, showed her the opening cutscene with that like the crazy cre- like creepy things crawling on you. And I punch one guy. She's like, oh, my gosh, he bleeds so much. And I was yeah. like, Mom, it's in the title. There's blood born. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I think disgusting and beautiful very much hits it on the head. Grotesque, disturbing, the whole nine. Yeah, like, I've never fisted so many pigs in my life. Yeah. Leveling up. Yeah. It- no, I think, you know, each with each passing <laughs> boss, it's so important to go into this game not looking at guides, mm-hmm. not spoiling anything for yourself, because once you come across something like Martyr Legarius, it's just like, oh my gosh, he's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Or the nasty spider or the witch of hemlock that's just one of the most disgusting things like ever. Covered in eyes. Yeah. And the game definitely doesn't go out of its way to explain anything to you, story wise, and even where you need to go. That's very much left up to the player. Um, and I think that's really cool. 
Yeah, because the first time you went, because you were playing Witches of Hemwick or whatever on my game, and there's that basically that dude who walks around the map, and like you killed him, and then like a second one popped up. You're like, hmm, the boss meter didn't go down. Yeah, that's not good. And then like another one pops up, and you're like, ah, something's not right here. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was kind of like in Hercules when he's um. The Hydra. The Hydra, when he cuts yeah. off the head and he's, <laughs> stop cutting off his head! <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's a great game. Um, I'm glad you finally played it, because that's my number one game, or was on our first episode. Yeah, of all time. Like, yeah. It's genuinely like, your favorite game of all my time. My favorite game. Um, For good it, reason. Yeah, it's, I, I like the idea of, it's not the mechanics that are at fault for like you dying or you sucking at something it's they are very crisp and it's very much you suck and you need to learn how to play something because like i was watching like a thing on hitboxes and like you can throw stuff in dark souls and in bloodborne and like he chucked a firebomb at a like a dude who was standing there and it went in between his legs oh wow and like usually you have a like a box around your character and you throw it anywhere in that box. Even if it goes between the legs, it, it still hits them. Yeah, this is, the dude was on a stand, threw it between his legs, and went through his legs and hit the wall behind him, the dude getting damaged. Yeah. And it's like, that kind of detail and how crisp it is, and like how crisp the dodging is, and like, dodge rolling, like, the entire time in Skyrim, I was trying to dodge roll. Yeah. And there isn't one. I'm like, my first instinct now in games is to roll around. That would be tough to go from... A Soulsborne game to Skyrim. Yeah, because I'm, I'm like trying to dodge Dragon Breath. Yeah. And it's like, no, you just have to sit there and take, take it to it. the face. I'm like, come on, man. Like, that, I think that was the hardest thing for me mm. is going, you, you're going to compare something to that level of crispness. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Very yeah. Good. I mean, I think Bloodborne's fantastic game. I Go think ahead, it's your top three. I, I think, honestly, that, that alone is a system seller. Yeah. For PS4. I mean, that, Uncharted 4, God of War, Spider-Man, Travis, <coughs> what else do you need? Yeah, you should definitely get one. What's your number three? My number three is Horizon Zero Dawn. Nice. You played that this year, didn't you? <coughs> that is true. Huh. Yeah. So that was beginning of the year. Um, I was, I, I remember seeing commercials for this and I was like, oh, okay, because the original commercials was like, some redheaded girl with a bow shooting at like a T-Rex, like a metal T-Rex. And I was like, that's interesting. Like, I don't know if it's going to be any good. And eventually Ryan, my old boss, got it. And he's like, we were sitting in a conference room, got done with talking whatever we needed to talk about. And he's like, dude, so Horizon, <laughs> yeah. let me tell you, this story is amazing. And he's like telling me like, yeah, you get to you get to face all these things, and there's like mechs, and they're like going on. I'm like, how am I gonna face that with a bow? And it it, it was such a great game. It's very much a post-apocalyptic kind of what happens when technology destroys things, and like what would happen, like how s- tribes and things form. And well, according to Elon Musk, that's gonna be pretty soon. Yeah, no, I it could easily. AI is gonna it's gonna take over. AI is just He's a, a very unique voice. It's it's I, I really believe that AI is just going to take over. It's 
Was are you talking about the uh, Joe Rogan experience? Joe Rogan one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it's it's interesting. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's. I mean, the DLC was hard. Like I was level fifty or the highest level. Went into the DLC, which is supposed to be towards the end of your game play, mm-hmm. and. I nearly got destroyed by the first thing, just even getting into the area. Really? So, yeah. I don't know if that's because I sucked or I underestimated, but I didn't expect it to be a challenge to get in there. And then, like, fighting giant snow bears, a lot of fun. Yeah. Nice. So it's definitely, you're going to have to play that one as well. Oh, no doubt. You were, I think, kind of burnt out on that genre when you originally played yeah, it. Yeah, because uh, my number two game... I tried to play Horizon after that, and after sinking 85 hours into this game, I just was not ready for an open-world game like that. Yeah. So what is your number two then? Middle-Earth Shadow of War. Okay. So this is coming off of this, the original Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor, mm-hmm. which is the Lord of the Rings game that I've been wanting for so long. And it's basically Assassin's Creed meets Batman Arkham City Asylum, mm-hmm. as far as the gameplay mechanics. The fighting, close combat, plays very similar to your your Batmans, but traversing the world is very much Assassin's Creed. But it's made even better because you have wraith-like abilities, so you can really travel the world very quickly. Mm-hmm. So let me just do this little opening little blurb here about what this game's about, because I don't in any way want to get this wrong. Watch it. Shadow of War continues the narrative from Shadow of Mordor following Talion, who is still infused with the spirit of the elf lord, Celebrimor. Talion and Celebrimor travel to Mount Doom, where they forge a new ring of power uh, free of Sauron's corruption. However, once the ring is complete, Celebrimor is abducted and held hostage by Shelob. And I should say that Shelob is actually the form of a woman in this game. Okay. And, of course, she's still the spider, but, yeah, back and forth. I think Shelob was just, or Shelob's mom was technically just darkness mm-hmm. and took the, like, appearance of a spider. Yeah, and so they kind of take some creative liberties with the Tolkien lore with mm-hmm. this game. Um, but I actually thought it was really interesting. Yeah. So, so Shelob asks Talion to hand over the ring in exchange for Celebrimor. Talion reluctantly agrees and gives the ring to Shelob, who claims that um, they have a con- common enemy in Sauron. She uses the ring to see into the future and directs Talion to the last Gondorian stronghold in Mordor, Minas Ethel, which is under siege by Sauron's forces due to the city's possession of a valuable uh, Palantir. The Palantir will, would allow whoever possesses it to see anything they wish, making it a valuable tool for Celebrimor and a dangerous weapon for Sauron. And so basically the rest of the game is you kind of clashing with Calibrimoire and what you think is best. Yeah. Um, and so the story in this is very much like Old Man's Journey or Wolfenstein, where I was very much intrigued because it's Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. And this is a game that you can probably beat within 40 to 45 hours, um, but I wanted to do everything, take hold of all of the strongholds and fortresses, collect all of the collectibles, because there's just so much Tolkien lore infused. Like, all the collectibles have all these, like, little audio logs and storybooks and different artifacts from the Tolkien books. Um, it really just adds a layer of understanding to that universe that I never would have otherwise known. Yeah. Um, I'm sure if I, li- I read Cimmerillion and the Lord of the Rings books again, I would get that. But to be able to see that in a game was really unique. And there's just so many standout moments in this game. You know, you... 
you watch something like Helm's Deep and you want to be able to take part and recreate that epic large scale battle. Mm-hmm. And in these in this game in particular, um, you have these these fortress wars where you go to an area in Middle Earth where you pit your army against a stronghold and you literally have to break through the walls of this this fortress and eventually make your way like capture like three different waypoints and once you capture those then you gain access to the actual keep yeah and then you go into the keep and fight whoever essentially owns the throne some ri- ridiculously powerful urukai orc or um troll yeah and it just the scale of these battles is so insane that it really makes you feel like a part of like a, a Minas Tirith Helm's Deep type battle. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that alone was awesome. But there's so many different armor sets and weapons, swords, bow and arrows to collect in this game. Um, just decking out Talion and these different armor sets. Like I sent you so many pictures. Yeah. Um, like it takes Skyrim levels of armor sets to a whole new level, especially because it's it's just it's Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, it's yeah. so awesome and a game that you must play. See, I can like I started the first one and I had like the year of game of the year edition of the first one. And they are hard games. I'm they, not like so. I went down and I was going to try to take out one of like the boss orcs, and then my problem was I got swarmed by like three other bosses. I'm like, how the heck am I going to do this? I'm level one. Like I'm trying to take out this hard guy for whatever resources he has. And then, like, four more swarm me. I'm like, there's no way for me to do that. And I, like, rage quit. And that's the thing that I should say is that there's this thing called a nemesis system in the yeah. game. And so it's basically this hierarchy of orcs and orakai that you have, like, your captains, then you have your war chiefs, and then you have, like, your little, like, lower tier nobodies that are trying to make their way up to war chiefs. And then when they kill you, they be- get promoted. They get promoted. And what you can do is overtake them by using your hand of Caligrimoire and turning them onto your side. And once you do that, then you can, like, whisper in their ear to have them go overtake and, like, sneak up and kill different war chiefs so that you can, like, essentially have this... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, army or Essentially, like, this, this little army of people that are all working for you. Yeah. Mine was I didn't have any abilities, so I was just... I might have went into a harder area or something, but I just got destroyed. Yeah, by the end of the game, you just become this unstoppable like force to be reckoned with. Yeah, like, it's and that's just... kind of what I wanted, like to be teamed up with a wraith and go around and teleport everywhere and sneak around. And, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's an amazing game, and I really hope the story ends in such a way that I don't think they'll do another one with Talion, but. I, they still could, yeah, and I hope they do because it's a really cool series of. And they games. took out the microtransactions, right? They did. They removed those because that was a People big that was a big issue. And and I will say that it never deterred from the experience for me. Mm-hmm. It never made it so much so that I was like, "Well, I can't I can't beat this level, progress the story unless I fork twenty bucks over and get a new piece of armor set or whatever." Yeah, I think it was mostly for the legendary like gear orcs or something mm-hmm. to like speed up that process. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, that's my number two game of the year. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. Uh, my number two was Monster Hunter World. Um, so I knew your top two going into this show. Did you? Oh, yeah. Okay. So Monster Hunter World, um, I guess R- as RPGs go, I had never played a Monster Hunter before. Um, I had 
watched my college roommates play them. Um, they had them both on the 3DS. I think it was Ultimate 4 mm-hmm. is what they played. Yeah. Um, they would just go after G-rank creatures, which is like the super hard versions of all these guys. And um, it sounded like an interesting concept. And... I wasn't really into it. I didn't have. I had a 3ds, but I didn't want to start at the very beginning and have to work my way up. Um, so when Monster Hunter, I saw this on the PS4, got super excited. Um, as I mean, after 26 episodes, we've talked about RPGs and upgrading armors and seeing visually getting to see that customization on your character. That physical change um, is such a appealing element um being able to work for a specific i guess armor piece and being able to like visually see it i don't know it's just it's awesome it's like, basically heroin it is it's basically i think i originally described it as like seeing a kid for the first your baby for the first time yeah that's maybe a little bit of a overstatement i, I think that's very much an understatement and yeah. well, wait, uh, wait till you uh, have like a little Ryan Jr. And, and deck him out and like here in armor. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no. Um, so you start out and I mean, these bosses, they're you don't get to see your health. the like the health of them. So the entire battle, you're like, am I making a dent? And like the only indication of how far you are in these battles are the like mannerisms of these creatures like they start to limp or there's like little visual um changes but it's very much and they start running away they run away they go to like a their home location and um the first one you fight is a lizard and i we named him i think i named him papa lizard like it's just this big lizard guy and when you kill him you get to you basically carve up the creature's corpse and you get, like, bones, skin, and all that stuff. And being able to actually turn that in... Because you start out with, like, what, leather armor or something very low tier. Because, I mean, you have to start somewhere. And seeing that change and, like, oh, there's a T-Rex running around these giant open maps. Um, and what what's amazing is there isn't loading screens between each region of these maps. So in every other game previously... Between each kind of quadrant of this map, it would you'd have to load, which really takes you out of the experience. Um, just just this interwoven kind of map, um, but there's a lot to you. If you go in, you're not going to do well against the starting T Rex. As you kill the lizard a few times, as you kill like this throw up dragon guy, um, you start to see the visual change of your character, and you're like, maybe I can fight the T Rex. Fighting for the first time, and then you have, like, T-Rex corpse armor. Like, you're getting super excited. Um, and there's so much customization when it comes to these weapons. I think there was, like, 12 different types of weapons. Um, each uh, creature allows you to elementize your weapon, whether it's, like, fire, ice, electricity. Um, I was, a, was it an insect glaive? So I had a, basically a bug that would give me power-ups where whether I like where I hit the creature um I I just it's such a good RPG and I, I'm glad they brought it to the system and they uh executed it how they did I think they like were able to mainstream it for a broader audience but still keep it hardcore enough that the diehard monster players players like loved it yeah I, it's 
one of those let's break into the North American market kind yeah. of thing. And they did it flawlessly. Ryan, you failed to talk about the best part of Monster Hunter. Uh, so there's these little calico cats. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew exactly where you're going. Yeah. So they're called palicos instead yeah. of calicos. Calicos. And it's like this little cat creature who runs around with you and it's freaking adorable. You get to first pick his fur color, what he looks like, um, and you get to deck him out in armor. So you get to give him like, there's just like, I don't know, like a really hard shelled creature. You can give him like physical armor. You can give him like, turn him into a T-Rex. Yeah. Um, no, he's just the, the best little companion you could ever ask for. And even when I was like running across the map, like the level of detail in this game is so great that when I was walking like this, like knee deep water, he like was in like a little, a boat, like a little boat, like paddling his way to keep up with me. And it's just so stupid, adorable. And like this cat will like jump in front of a bus for you. Like, yeah, it'll like seriously just thrust itself into combat, give you like health potions. If you like, if you're getting ready to die, um, just a loyal. And then there's like this cat, I don't know, food area where before missions you can go and, basically do your prep meal where you just pound meat and stuff. Mm, gotta and pound that meat. <laughs> you just, I'm just with a, surrounded by cats, pounding some meat, mm. and you're just getting ready. So it, like each meal that you get gives you certain buffs. And you just, it's like the most ridiculous cutscene. whether like it's these, like maybe 10 cats flipping like, Corpses of animals, like preparing all this fish food. and like all kinds of stuff. And you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Like <laughs> the first time I saw that, I'm like, what? This is a very Japanese style game. But yeah, I- I'm excited for us to play through that again. Yeah, definitely. And I can downgrade all my armor, and we can go through it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Like it's a because every your character's base stats stay the same. Everything is dictated by your armor itself. Mm-hmm. So I can go back to the first monster and have a hell of a time because I'm, I have low level armor. Yeah. And then there's dragons and just crazy things later on. And it's, it was such a fun experience. I think I have 200 hours in it right now. Nice. Very nice. Yep. Looking forward to playing that with you. Yeah. uh, Sometime next year. Before I get into my number one, a couple quick honorable mentions, just going to go down the list. Um, I already listed all the games I beat, but some of my other favorites were of course, Wolfenstein, the new Colossus Dishonored 2, Kingdom Hearts 2.8, A Fragmentary Passage. Really got me excited for um, Kingdom Hearts 3, no doubt. Um, Reverie, really unique little Earthbound-inspired um, Link to the pa- Legend of Zelda Link to the Past type game on the PlayStation Vita. Really fun little game. The Order 1886, fun PlayStation 4 game that got critically just hated. Yeah, um, that's a vampire one? Yeah, it's kind of like uh, almost like Transylvania type gothic craziness with uh, not Wolverines, but um, werewolves. Werewolves, yeah, exactly. Um, But still a a really interesting story and and fun gameplay. Um, Until Dawn, we had a heck of a lot of time, fun time playing that. That was terrifying. Um, Rainbow Six Siege, I just pumped so many. It was actually my number 10 for so long, but then um, Pokemon and Super Smash had to make it in the list and kind of just bump some games off. But I pumped so many hours into that. That was like my go-to Madden Skyrim game for a uh-huh. number of months. And then Mario Kart 8. I've only played it for maybe about 8 to 10 hours, but still a lot of fun. Yeah. So um, my number one 
like it was my number one from the moment I beat it for like the next six months. And um, without a doubt, it has to be Life of Black Tiger. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing no. like running around as elephants, like battling friends. Yeah. Or... No, my number one game is ukulele. Okay. That's, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think I'm surprised with that at all. Because in an age where we have all of our Battle Royale, PUBGs, Fortnites, Minecrafts, just shooter Call of Duties, Maddens, and all... Th- there's a genre that is sorely missing, and that is the 3D platformer. Yeah. We had just 3D platformer galore in the PS1 and 64 era. And even in the PlayStation 2 era, you had your Ratchet and Clanks, Sly Coopers, <laughs> Jack and Daxters, and even your offshoots like Ty the Tasmanian T- Tiger, Tack and the Power of Juju. Really fun games yeah. that are just non-existent today because a lot of developers can't take risks. But when you can't take risks, risks, Ryan, what do you do? Branch out and take risks. You take you you create a Kickstarter. Yeah. Old developers from Rare that created the great Banjo Kazooie and Tui came back to create this wonderful game that was a great homage to old fans of that series. And for people that just completely crap on it, I think it's really a shame because I think if you take a look at this game, knowing how many people were behind it that they didn't have the full development cost they would have had um, creating a game like Banjo-Kazooie back in the day because Rare was not creating this game. A little developer called Playtonic came together, ex-Rare devs, and they created what I would consider... um, Successor? Yeah, a very worthy successor to Banjo-Kazooie because the music is absolutely terrific. Grant Kirkhope came back reprising his role as composer to Rare games, and I think just really um, scored a great soundtrack that um, the world themes are great. When you go underwater, the world theme starts to slow down just as it did in Banjo-Kazooie and Donkey Kong 64. Mm-hmm. Um, the title characters are very great throwback to Banjo and Kazooie. They're no way superior, but I think Yuka and Laylee have great chemistry. The little fun little things that they do when um, you're not playing and the characters will just start like, doing weirdo handshakes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you have minecart riding, all these like side little bizarre characters, just as you <coughs> did in Banjo-Kazooie. I mean, I just think it's it really was a worthy successor. And it's a game that um, I got the Platinum Trophy for, yeah. which I cannot say for very many games at all on the PlayStation 4 or Sony consoles to begin with. Um, I don't think I really have any. And I actually ordered the limited edition from Limited Run Games, um for the Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. So that's going to come with the, a copy of the game, um, a map, like a keychain, and just some really neat memorabilia. That, that was actually the one that I was thinking of, or I couldn't think of the name, that I was going to get you the art book. But I remember you had the art book that came with the original game, right? Which, for ukulele? Yeah. No, I have no... I I've, thought you had like a little book because you got the limited run for the PSP. Is that, am I thinking of a different You're one? thinking of like Reverie or like the Sir Eats a Lot game. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, Ukulele, I got the the vinyl soundtrack, the CD soundtrack. Yeah. Um, I'm, of course, getting the game on Switch, PS4. I cannot praise the game enough. I understand it's not Banjo Kazooie. It will never be Banjo Kazooie. We're probably never going to see a sequel, and that's totally fine. I would just implore people to ignore. The criticisms that you've seen out there, if you haven't played it, 
If you've already played it and didn't like it, give it a second chance. I understand the shortcomings. There's faults to the game, no doubt. Um, but I really enjoyed my time with it. Yeah. And it undoubtedly, from the moment I started it to the moment I finished, was going to be my game of the year. Yeah. You've had nothing to say but good things for it, so. Yeah. Yeah. And yours is uh, got to be uh, <laughs> a little Kratos action. A little, yes. Uh, yeah. Very. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, you know what this is. Yeah. So my um, game of the year is God of War 4. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it looked amazing. I, I think I was super hyped for this one. I was not let down. I think I only played God of War 3, the kind of the end portion. I was never a PS2 owner, so I never played 1 or 2. Um, so I kind of just watched a video, got a recap of who pissed off Kratos and kind of what happened, why he's very pale. Um, but they change up that hack and slash formula in this one. And after three games, I mean, if Uncharted 4 is any indication on what can happen changing up, coming into this new generation of consoles, this one definitely follows that magnitude on how you execute that fourth game. Um, they changed up the like button mashing it's very much a closer more personal story um it's not as third person it's kind of you're more behind kratos um and you basically take i would liken it to like years of war you know yeah it's closer you're like right over marcus phoenix's shoulder i mean even like the camera style of skyrim it's kind of Mm -hmm. um but the entire Similar to how Celeste's story is, you're climbing up a mountain. And in this one, you have a son. Um, you're in a totally different kind of world. You've left the Greek gods behind and you've gone into this, moved into the Norse realm. Um, and it's... I, I've heard complaints about, like, follower. Like, you having your follower and being very much... Like, that relationship between those two main characters can be very, um, it's either very authentic or very cheesy. Mm-hmm. And having Kratos, who you literally had Matt button mash a sex scene in number three, could be executed so poorly on this, like, new rendition. I mean, you don't see Kratos as, like, a fatherly type. Not at all. And, I mean, he very much acts like... He's killed a bunch of gods. Yeah. Right? It very, like, rough around the edges, to say the least. Um, and the growth between um, him and his son throughout the entire story was just amazing. Like, end revelations of the end scene were great. And he doesn't feel like a burden having that kid. It's, you understand the things that the kid was going through and you understand Kratos' side at the more that things are explained and the combat he's <coughs> the graphics the graphics are amazing it's just freaking beautiful yeah it really is um you have more snowy elements opposed to the greek world um it's very much a new generation of games mm-hmm. um the combat i mean instead of the blades of chaos those basically whippy blades, um, you have an axe. Which is so satisfying. And it is so satisfying. It's, 
I think the one thing that you want in like an RPG, because you have some of the RPG elements of like upgrading trees and stuff, you want your combat to feel heavy. Like the heavier your weapon, you want it to feel like you have weight behind it. Mm-hmm. And you want that, what the collision of your axe with someone to have sound as the like reactionary or else it's very, it's not as satisfying. And it very much encompasses that kind of, you are a previous God of War, current God of War, smashing your way through this new world. And the boss fights are a lot of fun. Um, There's a lot of like midway through, there's some really good change of pace. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything because, I mean, I spent, we played it that Friday that it came out. Yeah, so when you got it that Friday, um, I came over and watched you play like, the first six hours. Yeah. And from that alone, I mean, I could have almost put it on my list, even though the controller was never in my hands. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it was, like you were saying, such an authentic story. Um, and we've talked about it a dozen times over, but the closer camera is a reflection of it being that personal tale between father and son. And it's it's almost like this redemption story for Kratos. Like just yeah. you kind of have a change of heart for this character that previously you were just smashing the head of Hercules into like the ground, you know. And he was more one dimensional. S- yeah, having sex with like all these women, like literally like playing a time button press game, and it was just kind of like um, almost like you were just like the 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 frat boy yeah. uh, of a f- f- football team kind of thing. And now he's more like he's taken like a Shakespearean literature class, and now he's like he's like changed as a person you know yeah um he has a softer side to him even though he's still gonna wreck you if you get in the Boy. way of the sun yeah exactly <laughs> we're going in the way of deer whatever the heck he said which direction is the deer in the direction of deer yeah it's like oh gosh <laughs> yeah no it, it really is an ass. a spectacle of a game and one that i can't wait to play um my own you know next year yeah and I think the original Gods of War were like 10 to 15 hours. And this one was 25 to 30 hours. Mm-hmm. And at no point was I kind of bogged down by the increased length. Yeah, you There's were... no time that I, I'm like, gosh, I wish this would end. It's I want to explore this world more and keep on understanding like where Kratos goes on from here mm-hmm. kind of thing. And they very much leave the end of the game open to a second one. And I mean, there's like a post-credit scene kind of thing, and you're like, "That's gonna be awesome." Yeah, there's like, no way they wouldn't. You yeah, know? and I mean, comparing Halo one, two, and three, after that one, you wanted it. It could have ended, and Halo four was kind of a letdown because you're like, "Oh, they're trying to revitalize this franchise and milk it." Um, and I've talked about this before, but watching the developers basically having to do an uphill battle trying to get this through. Like, we want to make this. Um, And that reactionary video of him basically crying when he sees that everyone loved it. Like, Mm -hmm. ticking down to 95. There are very few games that come in at 95 after you're getting, like, the reviews. um, Like, hundreds of critic reviews come in. Yeah, and you're like, 95, it's like, holy cow. Yeah. And, like, spending years of his life, and, I mean... We forget how much time and effort go into these bigger games. And, like, I guess in any work scenario, you sacrifice time with your family, time with your kids. And, like, this is essentially your baby that you're releasing to the world. And if people shit on it, like Black Tiger, 
<laughs> you're like you're you're let down by that and seeing the emotion behind the team coming back for this one it's it definitely paid off yeah no, i have no doubt that um you should play this one as well yeah. besides i mean really literally all of my top four you need to play yeah no horizon god of war monster breath Hunter, of the wild breath of the wild yeah they're probably all gonna be 2019 games on my list <laughs> yeah they'll probably end up being that same order now uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is already my number one game of the year yeah, 2019. I, for what I see, Kingdom Hearts 3 is probably going to be... If if the trailer is any indication, and if it's executed as well as it looks, I think that's going to beat out Sekiro. And yeah. be my number one, and hopefully Sekiro can be held to that same standard. I'm already thinking... Well, we're we're going to do our most anticipated games next episode, but like Kingdom Hearts, Sekiro, and Yoshi's Crafted World are probably like going to be like my top three. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be a good year. So, yeah. So with that said, Ryan, anything else to add to this episode? I'm going to go take a nap yeah. and try to sound less crappy. Exactly. For next so episode. We are going to record another episode on Monday. We're going to release this on Sunday. And uh, Ryan are based, and I are basically going to be one step ahead each week before he goes to Japan, just so that we can keep the episodes coming to you guys, all three of you guys out there that listen to this podcast. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we want to thank all of you for listening. <laughs> Ryan's dying as we speak. I am quickly dying. So if you all have any top games that we didn't talk about, again, these are our lists, the right lists, the only correct <laughs> lists. Um, but if you have any top 10 games, top five games you want to write in about. Or we missed. Yeah. Feel free to reach out to us. Email otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Discord. Get in there. Pop in some questions. Lay down some lists for top games of the year recommendations that ryan and i need to focus on in 2019 we'd be happy to read them on the show so yeah thank you all for listening and we will see you all for episode 28 see you later